At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you like me and thought one day, I want to start a podcast? Well, it's easy. All you do is go to Anchor FM and sign up for free. Then all you do is you can record from your computer or your phone. And next thing you know, all you do is upload your episode. And then like magic, Anchor just goes and releases it everywhere to Apple, to Spotify. You name it, it releases it there. It's easy, it's simple, it's fun to use, and like me, I'm not very technical-oriented. Again, easy. Not like the rapper, but it's easy, if you get what I mean. So again, go to Anchor FM, sign up, and uh, start being a content or podcast creator today. Thank you, and welcome back to another episode of My Third Eye. I'm Ghost, and tonight I had the luxury of talking with Steve Stockton. We started out talking about Krampus, which soon kind of went out the window, and we started talking more about his stuff and what he uh, really enjoys on working on, like, uh, missing people and what have you. And then, later on, to his surprise, we took a little break, and I brought in his good friend, Cisco Murdoch, to join the conversation, and we chop it up with... Uh, some ghost stories and paranormal adventures and and all kinds of stuff uh i hope you guys really do enjoy this this episode and again thank you for for all the listeners that are showing me support and uh make sure you check out my youtube uh page at my third eye podcast it's getting a lot of traction but uh the lines of destiny that i did with alan is getting getting a lot of a lot of love and an affection going on over there um also you also know you can get a hold of me if you want to be on the show or you have a question or you just want to reach out is my third ipod at gmail.com uh i'm most active on instagram um for social media purposes and that's my third eye podcast facebook i do post 
new episodes. I'm not as active on there, and it's just my third eye podcast. Twitter, I do post a little bit. Like I said, I'm more on the Instagram, but Twitter, I'm at my third eye pod. And Telegram, I, I do do hang out in there quite a bit, and that's t.me forward slash my third eye podcast. Um, if you uh, if you want to, like I said, contribute, get a hold of me, I'll, I'll, I'll reach right back to you. And, you know, again, thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, tonight, I have Steve Stockton on, and we're going to talk a little bit about Krampus, the history of it, uh, where it originated from, and why, uh, what it's all about. Um, so coming in all the way from the other side of the country is Steve Stockton. I give you uh, the microphone, my friend, and let people know where they can get a hold of you if they want to. Hey there, Ghost. Thanks for having me on. Um, check me out on YouTube. I've got uh, Missing Persons and Mysteries. That's my main channel. And then I've got a personal channel, 13 Past Midnight. Uh, you can find me on Facebook uh, under my real name. I'm on Twitter, Strange and Odd. And then I have uh, my books on Amazon. I'm going to see them up to, I think, six or seven now. I lose track after a while. Nice. Nice. Uh, so, uh, yeah, what books do you have out right now that, that people might want to jump on? Do you have any, any anyone that you want to promote? Uh, the, the latest one is, uh, let me reach back here and grab it. This just came out a couple of days ago. went straight to number one, which I really appreciate. I don't know if you can see it or not. It's mm. yeah, trying to blur it out there. Yeah, it's trying to be a little blurry. <laughs> anyway, National Park Mysteries and Disappearances, Volume 3, the Pacific Northwest, uh, Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. Nice. That's whatever reason the camera's not wanting, not wanting me to show it. So, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the previous two were the Great Smoky Mountains and uh, a few specific places in California for that one. Um, Mount Shasta, Joshua Tree, and Yosemite, which I could write two or three more books just on California alone, which I may do sometime, but those are areas that I had a vested interest in and have some personal experiences in and stuff. So nice, nice. Well, let's get into uh let's get into this creepy being that they call Krampus. Start us out with uh where 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 the origins might have come from and what what uh he associates with, with with Santa Claus and uh, St. Nicholas and um, maybe what it's turned into today in modern America. I, I mm -hmm. kind of believe that's where, you know, the elf on a shelf has kind of come from now. Yeah, yeah I think so too. And uh, a lot of people are more aware of it now. I didn't, didn't hear anything about it for a long, long time here in the States. Well, it's always been big in, in parts of Europe and Scandinavia. And uh, like even... I think it was 2019, there was a, a haunted attraction they had out here set up for Halloween, and they uh, carried that over into Christmas and had uh, had a Krampus set up going out of it, which I thought was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, because that, that uh, Krampus starts on uh, Krampus Knock, it's what, December 5th? If I'm not yeah, mistaken. I think so. I think we're, I think we're right in the middle of it. Yeah. And uh, on my 13 past midnight channel, I'm doing the 13 nights of Christmas or there's 13 days or 12 days of Christmas, 12 nights of Krampus, but I'm starting late on the Krampus side. That actually starts tomorrow night and, and runs up until 
Christmas Eve. So, but, but it's yeah. it's a fun tradition, you know. It's I like that darker side to Christmas because it's there in the stories and stuff. Anyway, I mean, if you look, say, at the Victorian tradition of a ghost story at Christmas, mm-hmm. that's something I'm trying to bring back with the the Twelve Nights of Christmas, the way I'm doing it. And uh, think about it, uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. That's one of the most well known Christmas stories and one of the most well known ghost stories. Absolutely. So uh, it's it, there's there's a tradition there, and I'm glad to see people continuing it or discovering it or rediscovering it. And uh, the the idea of the the evil side of Santa Claus there's in some of the origin stories is considered almost like uh, Santa's evil brother and things like that. But that may be more of a a new input on it. But he was just he was uh, what the bad kids had to watch out for. Saint Nicholas took care of the good kids. And then Krampus came with a, either a lump of coal or a bundle of switches, or if you're really bad, he would beat you and put you in a burlap bag and carry you off. Now, did uh, did he eat the children that he carried off? Uh, in some of the legends, I have heard that, that he did uh, make a stew out of them. So kind of a, a really, really dark side to that part of the tale. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Because, uh, you know, everybody associates Christmas with, you know, Santa Claus and all. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty and everything, but people don't even, even uh, children's fairy tales, uh, if they knew the true origins of a lot of them, uh, they have very dark and deep, deep, dark past because they were meant to scare children into listening and, and basically, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah, you get into, the, say, the Grimm's fairy tales, uh, mm-hmm. Especially in the original German, they're just they're very. I mean, Grimm is aptly named, even though that was their family name. Uh, it's just it's horrible. Some of the stuff that happens in there, right? Now uh, with Krampus, um, trying to think. Um, so the lump of coal. Uh, obviously, I I grew up, you know, with that tradition. Well, if you're bad, you're going to get a lump of coal. Yeah, um, I don't think it's carried over too too much anymore with with younger and younger generations i tried to do it with my daughter and, and my my son and what have you but you know it it just i don't know i think through generations it kind of died down um but now with lost the research yeah but with lost the, its impact yeah. same when i grew up down south i would always hear that that if you're bad you'd get a lump of coal or a bundle of hickories mm-hmm. and uh, without realizing that it was a carryover you know from krampus or some european tradition so what exactly now it, it, he's the opposite of St. Nicholas, but what exactly is Krampus? Uh, he's some sort of creature, um, almost a cryptid like character kind of, uh, I've heard him almost described as a uh, type of a skinwalker or Wendigo maybe mm. from the native traditions, but then an Alpine version of that. And uh, I don't know so much that he's a shapeshifter that he can change or anything, but he, he has that that menacing look, you know. He's he's frightening. He's a, a hideous apparition, something that you're supposed to be afraid of. Absolutely. Now, what's with the tongue hanging out? Now, I know that has a lot of other symbolism sim, symbolism to it. Um, you know, if if you want to go down like a cult type uh, pictures and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I noticed a lot of uh, drawings and what have you, like the older ones. Um, his tongue's always hanging. Yeah, I don't know if that's 
ascribed to like what he uses to like to, to drink the blood of the children, if that's kind of what that's pointed to or not. Um, there are vampiric legends that are like that. Um, in the Philippines, they have uh, a beast known as an aswang. That's their version of a vampire. It separates at the waist. The top half flies around at night and attacks people. And, but instead of biting you with fangs, it has a long pointed tongue that it uses to, to pierce your skin and drink your blood. Hmm. So yeah. maybe come kind of something along those lines. I've never really heard as to what the, the purpose of the tongue, the tongue hanging out is for, but it's, it's part of the original image. And like you said, some of those old, old uh, uh, drawings and engravings and things that had them in there, that's a prominent feature that and the horns and the hooves and everything. Now I, I noticed like when I bring this up with, uh, you know, my wife and, 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 you know, maybe some other people, they're like, oh man, that looks demonic. Um, mm -hmm. Is there a demonic uh, kind of side to it? Or I, I think there is. I mean, if it's kind of the, the whole St. Nicholas and then Krampus thing, the yin yang, you know, the good and the, the bad, the, the, the light and the dark. And uh, yeah, I, I think he's definitely evil and uh, of a demonic nature. I mean, he looks like a demon from hell. It's something that I would, uh, could conjure up, you know, reading stuff, uh, describing some of those, uh, the lesser demons, especially that's what I imagine some of them to look like. Right. I have you ever watched any of the, uh, the parades that they do over there in, in some of these European countries? I mean, these guys that yeah. dress up as Krampus, I mean, they're really those, those uh, yeah, they're really into it. They have the, I forget what they call it in Germany. It's like Krampusloft or something like this with Krampus run. Mm -hmm. And literally through the parade, the, the guy that does Krampus will chase the children. Yeah. And, and he's uh, actually the swinging the, the, yeah. you know, the, hit, the, the, <laughs> the vines and what have you. And, yeah. You know, kind of getting a little physical. Like over here, I, I don't think it'd be tolerated too much. But No, no, somebody yeah. punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it, it's pretty neat. I mean. You watch it, and I mean, it, 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 it does. It takes you to a different time of uh, our ancestors' beliefs, and I, I don't know. I'm fascinated by it, and I've been wanting to, to get someone. I have you on, and I also am going to have another guy on. I'm going to be interviewing him tomorrow. Um, he's going to dive into maybe more of the, the occult symbolism that, that's yeah. used behind uh, Krampus. So, um, I'm fascinated by the whole, the whole thing because people look at me and I'm like, hey, you know, you're sitting here saying Merry Christmas it has nothing to do with Christ. You know, it's a very pagan holiday. Yeah. yeah extremely. So just about all of our Christmas traditions really were co-opted from the pagans, you know, the, the Yule log and, the mm -hmm. lights on the tree and, uh, all that stuff is really based in, uh, uh, the pagan Yule holiday. And then when the, the Christians took over, they basically allowed the pagans to keep their holidays and Christianized them. Same with uh, Easter, mm -hmm. uh, Ishtar. That has nothing to do with the, the rebirth of Christ with the, the rabbits and the, the bunnies and the Easter eggs and things like that. No, not at all. So uh, let's dive into some of the darker things of, of Krampus. You know, let, let my audience know, give, give a breakdown. You know, the floor is yours. I'll let you talk. I, I'll, I'll interrupt you with, with some questions here and there if I, if I can think of one. I mm -hmm. do have one right out the gate, though, that maybe you can answer that I've been kind of okay. looking for, and I sure. can't really find a good answer. What is the significance with Santa coming down the chimney? 
Now, did that start out as like maybe Krampus coming down the chimney or was it always Saint Nick coming down the chimney and why a chimney? Yeah, as far as the origins of that, I'm not really sure. I could see Krampus more coming down the chimney than Santa Claus, but I think it just, it was a part of the the folk magic of it that that way you're still able to keep your doors locked and uh, Santa was able to get in the house by coming down the chimney. Now that's, I don't know how, if you had a fire since it's wintertime, how all that would work, but uh, uh, I've heard other traditions from other countries where Santa comes through the keyhole. And um, when my dad was a kid, he grew up in middle Tennessee. This would have been in the 1920s. Their tradition was instead of mailing a letter to Santa, they put it in the the wood stove or the fireplace and uh, Santa was supposed to be able to uh, recover the, the ashes and the smoke and uh, read the letter that way. Hmm, that's interesting. It's I never heard that. Regional, yeah, it's a regional thing. I'd never heard anybody other than my dad talk about that. But instead of mailing their letters to Santa, they, they burned them in the this wood stove. Oh, that's kind of crazy because then, you know. <laughs> and I guess the- they didn't have a fireplace. So I guess Santa came down the wood stove. I never, never really asked about that. Yeah, but- like even now, like, like I burn uh, oil and hot water. So like. You come down my chimney, you're just going, you're not going anywhere. Like you can't, you know, you couldn't get out. Yeah. But again, I think that just harkens back to the the folk magic that was, was in effect there to believe that it was some kind of mystical or magical being. And that was the how he, maybe that's how he prefers to come in the house. I don't know where that part comes from. Other than, like I said, maybe that was a way you could still keep the door locked on uh, Christmas Eve and the kids would know that Santa could still get in. Gotcha. Uh, rather than somebody just waltzing into your house and you know this Krampus isn't the only scary thing there's uh another tradition in Wales and I cannot think of the name of the creature right now but it's a decorated horse's skull on a stick and uh, the person that goes around carrying that he's covered with a, a cloak so that it just it looks like a, a apparition a horse of a, a literal nightmare and it, it goes around door to door they knock on the door and then it uh it's almost like a rap battle that takes place it, it says a rhyme or sings a song and the people in the house are supposed to either answer back with a rhyme or a song or they have to give up and let uh, the the horse and his procession there's a dozen or more people that follow along with them they come in and have drinks and snacks oh wow so i, I think i have heard that and it might have been you talking about it before on, on other podcasts yeah, and I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I did too. It's just I cannot think <laughs> of the the name of the creature, but it, it's frightening. So it's, but it's it's not seen as, as something evil or something punishing, like uh, Krampus can be. It's just more of a a way for people to get together in somebody's house and celebrate the holidays, but with a bit of spooky fun attached to it. And I think that's just you know it's a lot of uh, the tradition that comes from just because it, it is the time of year for death mm-hmm. and uh, the, the veil being thin this time of year and things like that. And uh, you know, the long dark winters and things like that, that uh, especially our ancestors and people back then put more stock into things like that and thought about, you know, uh, the darkness and, and what's in the darkness and things like that. And to look forward to the spring and, uh, the, the return of the sun and the, the nights not being so long and so cold. Basically kind of creating a real life 
because uh, obviously they didn't have TV back then, but bringing something to life that emulates what they see in the stars to, to an right. extent. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like you said, with the dark winter and then three days after the, you know, uh, not, not summer, but winter equinox, you know, it starts rising a degree every day up until, you know, summer. So, yeah. and winter is kind of hell. Nothing grows, you know, you, <laughs> you want, yeah. you want, you want spring so you can start planting your crops, but yeah. I looked that up real quick. Uh, Mary Lude, L-Y-W-D is the name of the, the horse. It's a wassailing folk custom found in Wales. The tradition entails the use of an eponymous hobby horse, which is made from a horse's skull mounted on a pole and carried by an individual hidden under a sackcloth. So that's, again, strange tradition there. Kind of like yeah. instead of singing Christmas carols, they carry a horse's skull around to, and uh, knock on your door. And then you have to, to tell it rhymes or answer its rhymes or no, yeah. I have no idea how something like that, who sat around and thought about that. Like, I know instead of singing Christmas carols, let's go knock on the door of the horse's skull and uh, tell a riddle and uh, see if they invite us in for, for drinks and eats. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like who, who sits there and thinks of that? Probably, <laughs> pro- probably got thought up uh, after, after some ale or, or yeah. <laughs> some wine or whatever. Probably trying to scare right. somebody. Hey, you know what'll be funny? Let's put this horse's skull on and put a cloak over you. Go knock on uh, so-and-so's door and let's see what they do. Yeah. Uh, so the, the custom was first recorded in 1800 with subsequent accounts of it being produced into the earliest, early 20th century. Uh, performed at Christmas time by groups of men who would accompany the horse on its travels through the local area, although the makeup of such groups varied. Typically included an individual will carry the horse skull, a leader, and individuals dressed as stock characters from the Punch and Judy shows. So that's just a little mixed bag of everything there wonder what the punch and judy shows were well that was a tradition in england it was a, a puppet show that was uh very violent where the puppets would beat mm. each other with bats and things like that and oh, shit. <laughs> kind of a twist on like on the, the simpsons they have the itchy and scratchy show it was kind of like that but uh performed in public on a little stage with a curtain and i don't know okay. if they still have those or not but historically it was kind of like a kid's show for adults, if that makes any sense, because we have some stuff like that still, right. I think, with some of these cartoons and things. But uh, I don't know who the characters were other than Punch and Judy, because that was the, the two names of the, the puppets that was involved. Kind of a, a slapstick humor type thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Interesting, though. Very interesting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's get into some dark stories, especially this time of year. I love it. Uh, and I've, I've heard stories of uh, where Krampus supposedly actually appeared to people, not somebody just dressed up, but they would find some sort of creature or cryptid had entered the house. And uh, I read a story a couple of years ago. It was an, an older story from the, I think sometime in the 1800s, where a guy had heard something downstairs, got up, and uh, his wife was joking, you know, maybe it was Santa. But when he got down there, it was the, Krampus creature as described hmm. um, messing around in the house and uh, I think he got scared and ran back upstairs and got a, a pistol or a rifle or something but by the time he got back downstairs it was gone now you know is that a fever dream was it uh, somebody playing around and almost got shot or is it uh, some sort of tulpa you know the Native Americans believe heavily in that that if you 
think about something or even uh, to talk about things that, that you can create a, a thought form or tulpa that you can actually bring it to life. I've uh, read some really interesting stuff about things that have started out as maybe a, a creepypasta or just an internet legend, and then people actually started seeing it. And um, the probably the earliest one that I've ever heard story like that dates back to Walter Gibson. He was the guy that did the old um, shadow stories back in the, the pulp uh, magazines and the radio shows back in the 30s. Uh, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. Shadow was uh, like a detective crime fighter type guy named Lamont Cranston. He wore a, a slouch hat and a big overcoat with a collar turned up and had a ubiquitous red scarf. Well, uh, Walter Gibson, the man that, that wrote those uh, pulp stories and radio scripts, uh, he was just a fanatical writer. He had like six typewriters and he would go from one typewriter to another to another and turned out literally hundreds of these stories over the years. And um, they, at his, he lived in Greenwich Village in New York in a, a townhouse and uh, people would come over for dinner and they actually started seeing the shadow, somebody dressed as the shadow, like upstairs in, in the galley and things like that. And they asked him, like, Walter, what'd you do? Hire somebody to, to dress like the shadow. There's a guy upstairs running up and down the hallway with a, a slouch hat and a scarf. And he said, no, he called it a, um, a thought imprint or something like that. And he said, literally, I've sat here. I've written all these stories. I've poured blood, sweat, and tears into these books and radio scripts. And I created him. It's something from my mind, from my thoughts that I actually somehow brought forth. And uh, to this day, that apartment is haunted still. And that's one of the things that they've seen there is somebody dressed like the shadow. Um, they covered that on uh, trying to think of what show it was. Um, anyway, it's, it's been investigated by some of the, the big names mm -hmm. uh, in years back. And uh, I believe stuff like that can happen. Um, some of the, the stories I've written about and talked about from Native American lore I've had uh, elders in the tribe admonish me for talking about stuff. There's like, you know, there's things that we don't talk about. There's things that we can't name. There's things that you shouldn't even think about because you give it energy, you draw it to you. So I guess if you sat around and thought about Krampus hard enough and had enough people doing it, if the, if the idea of a tulpa or a, a thought form is possible through whatever means, then there you go. Somebody could manifest one. That makes sense because it, it happens with a lot of, uh, you know, these mystical, myth, mythical and mystical beings. Um, you, you talked about the Native Americans. Um, I, I think it has to deal with the skinwalker, but it, it's called something different. And like the Native tribe does, won't even speak its name because mm -hmm. if they speak its name, it comes to fruition. And, you know, it's kind of like how you, you get the Bloody Mary or Candy yeah. Man, you know, you know, all, yeah. all sorts all of kind like of that. ties in together there that, that you can call stuff to you, uh, even unwillingly, just by by playing around with it. Right. But again, you know, that's probably a cautionary tale. Uh, a lot of the, the Cherokee legends and things that I've studied, that's it tends to be what it, it sounds like, kind of again, like Krampus or something. It was something to make uh, the kids be quiet at night and stay uh, around the fire, stay around the home or whatever, not venture out into the woods, because there are things out there that will catch you and eat you, whether it be some sort of cryptid or, you know, a, a bear or a, a big cat or something like that, or a human predator. Absolutely.
you know, uh, it, back then, you know, it wasn't like living like it is now. You know, you got cars all going all the, all the time. You know, mm-hmm. most mo- most of these uh, villages were basically in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, kind of congregated close, but surrounding them was nothing but woods. And you go in the woods at night. It, I, I don't care if you believe in anything. It, it's creepy. <laughs> it is <laughs> creepy out yeah. there. And then uh, some of the stuff that I deal with on my YouTube channel, the the disappearances, the people that vanish without a trace. I mean, and then, you know, the, the scent dogs will lay down because they can't pick up the scent. Uh, maybe they'll find their shoes or something like that. Just literally uh, maybe walk ahead of a group or get left behind, turn a corner, and they're never seen again. That just, that's so incredible to me. And what I find so fascinating about it is how can a human just disappear like that? I mean, yeah, there, there are people that, that die through misadventure, falls and drowning. Uh, some people go into the woods with the intent of never coming out. But again, I don't see how you could go in there and even take your own life in such a way as that nothing would ever be found. Because, yeah, there's animal predation and things like that, but they don't eat every single thing of you. Uh, no. I know a lot of times in these missing person cases, they'll check uh, bear scat and things like that to see if there's any human remains in it. But, you know, their, their clothing, their, the bigger bones and things like that. I don't know. It's just, it's creepy. And I guess the, the even stranger part is the ones that are found a short time later in places that have already been searched mm-hmm. or um, say somebody's been missing for two months when they are found, usually deceased, uh, they only look like they've been in the woods for a couple of days. So where were they? What happened? You know, there's just so many unanswered questions there. And that's that's my thing. That's what I think about and study about. That's what I've written these last three books about. And then the YouTube channel. Um, I think we've got around 132,000 subscribers. So it's it's popular topic. Oh, nice. Yeah, it is. Because, you know, I mean... You got the missing four one one that people talk about, and and it and it is weird how a lot of them do uh, tend to populate in national forests. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, at the end of the day, until we witness what's actually going on, we can only speculate. Yeah. To it, you know, well, there, there's even dark theories about that. That uh, particularly parks like the Smokies and things. There's there's rumors and uh, conspiracy theories that there are wild feral people cannibals that live in the mountains there and that's one of the reasons why that location was designated as a national park to kind of fence it in and keep the keep those feral individuals from getting to everybody else and mm-hmm. if you do if you look at the clusters that, that david politis has found of uh, where missing people tend to happen in in more uh, occur more often it's it's mostly within national parks yosemite's got one of the biggest clusters of them all mm-hmm. and it's not even the most visited national park the smokies gets around 12 million visitors a year and there's only a handful of missing people there that have never been accounted for but uh yosemite there's it gets maybe half that in visitors in a year but there's there's literally dozens of people missing from there that no trace ever been found for a lot of them and that could tie into, uh, you know, maybe the Native Americans cursed, cursed the ground for, for the yeah. future. You know? There's there's a lot of that that goes on, particularly out in the southwest, uh, the Four Corners area. 
for Skinwalker ranches and things like that. There was uh, several different uh, shaman or um, medicine men out there that were kind of at war with each other and they were hurling curses back and forth. So right there in that one area, you've got the Navajo, you've got the Ute, you've got the Sleeping Ute, you've got the Hopi, um, the Apache, and they all like at one time were fighting with each other. So that that accounts for the, the curses there and stuff. And according to their lore, that's why they, they still have problems there and still see things there. That makes sense. You know what I mean? I, I, I tend to believe the Native Americans and even up in Canada with First Nations tribes, uh, I think they're way more connected spiritually to, to what we are and how we are definitely connected to the creator so um yeah i mean and uh same with the 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 eastern band of the cherokee anyway they have some of the same legends they have uh tall hairy giants that they used to uh fight with that they now uh have have peace with and that's basically their version of bigfoot Mm -hmm. they speak of uh, small people tiny people that lived among the rocks in the forest that they also fought with, but now they sort of just keep away from each other. That's the whole faith theory. I've been hearing a lot about that lately, uh, tying the a lot of these disappearances and really everything into some sort of uh, faith folk or uh, fairy religions. And that, if you look back into the, the Celtic origins, a lot of that stuff, it was almost like a religion for them. They believed heavily in the fae and the little people and not just in the Celtic areas, a lot of the Nordic areas too, there are places where if they're putting a highway in, they would go around an outcropping of rocks rather than to blow it up and risk uh, upsetting the, the fey folk that lived in the rocks. And a lot of that, it kind of ties in with the missing stuff. Uh, a lot of people that go missing uh, are wearing the color red. And you'd hmm. think that'd be just the opposite that somebody wearing red would be easier to spot, but doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, but that's also a color that will anger the fairies if you wear that into their areas. Uh, a lot of people tend to go missing either while picking berries or near berry patches. Another thing, that's not only the fairy's source of food, but with inside those brambles and stuff, that's where they mate and have their celebrations and stuff. So you're uh, kind of moving in on them if you're in the berry patches. Um, boulder fields, again, a lot of... Uh, people that are found deceased after having been missing are in boulder fields. And uh, again, that ties back into the Fey folk. Um, And some of the Celtic legends, they talk about uh, Fey people that uh, had um, horseless carriages that came out of the sky. There's UFOs. Basically, Mm -hmm. you've got Bigfoot, Fey, everything. It all ties in together there, if you look at the, the Celtic stuff, which is interesting. I mean, it's just a theory, but... Uh, a strange one no less yeah now these little people is that what they call the puckwudgie uh that, that that's that's is a that... type of uh i think that's more like up in the the northeast of the u.s okay and uh there's another thing about that where like the um the boulder fields in the uh i think it's the algonquins have a creature that they talk about they're in the new england area tribe up there they, they've got some kind of creature that can disguise itself as a rock it can open up and swallow people close back up crushes you does whatever it needs to do then spits you back out 
Well, I've read some of these accounts where they found people in Boulder fields that have been missing that appear to have been to have fallen from a height, even when there was no height to fall from. But if you think about that, if there was something that looked like a rock that could swallow you and spit you back out, you might look like you'd fallen from a, a great distance. Oh, for sure. And there were other cases like that in New England where there was a, a, a hunter that had been missing. And then when they did finally find him, uh, the party, the search party that found him, uh, noted that it looked like he'd been squeezed to death, but he was just out on the, the floor of the forest. Mm. So makes you wonder, you know, some of that stuff, it's, you think, well, that's just uh, fairy stories or kid tales or something to, to keep people out of certain areas. Now down South where I'm from, a lot of times if somebody had a moonshine still back in the woods, they would make up a story about a rabid dog or a white lady or something to keep people out of the woods. But, um, there were other times that, you know, there wasn't anything in there that anyone was trying to protect. It was just, uh, but then there's some of those legends that are just all over the place, uh, particularly down South, the uh, Crybaby bridge. If you've ever heard those stories, there's one in every little community down there. Some of them probably two or three, and it's the same story, just, you know, the different setting. And that that's something I'd really like to study and look into is to see how those legends traveled like that my mom grew up in the Cades Cove area in the Smokies and my dad was from uh, middle Tennessee over on the Cumberland Plateau uh, six years apart in their ages but growing up they heard a lot of the same stories a lot of the same legends but just told from a local perspective like my mom heard about stuff in Cades Cove my dad heard about stuff in uh, Ventress County or Jamestown same story maybe you know 120 150 miles apart and it just, you know, this was, again, before the advent of TV, certainly, and probably wouldn't be anything you would have heard on the radio anyway. Right. So have those stories travel like that? That's, I think that would be interesting. There's probably a college paper in there on that, a thesis. Yeah. And they travel for a reason, if you ask me, you know. And it's probably tradition. just people heard a story and like, wow, that's a great story. And then when they went to retell it, they're like, well, if I tell it about so-and-so's bridge in Cades Cove, the people here in Scott County or Fentress County won't know what I'm talking about. So I'll substitute this local area. If I say Wright's Bridge, which is on uh, the Cumberland River here, then they'll know instead of me naming some bridge on the other side of the state that they never heard of. So that's kind of, I think, one of the things how that, you know, particularly with the urban legends and the, the tall tales and stuff like that, how they get switched from one area to another. Same story just people change the location to uh, give it more local interest and flavor. Cause that was, you know, particularly in the South, there's a, just a great oral tradition of storytelling there. That was, you know, before TV and, and radio and things like that, people sat around uh, the fireplace or the wood stove and told stories. Yeah. And uh, I guess the, the more interesting story you had, the, the more you could entertain your audience and the more you got invited back. Oh, it's still done now. I mean, you go, on, you know, on a camp trip, you know, it, it, it's mm -hmm. not uncommon for, you know, ghost stories to start flying. Yeah, our stories, you know. And uh, up in, um, I can't remember the little name of the town, the little town of the uh, name of the little town there in Tennessee, Jonesboro, historic Jonesboro, they like you to say. Uh, they have the International Storytelling Center there. And every October, they have the International Storytelling Festival. 
and uh, I've never participated, but I've been and, uh, and listened to it several times. Fascinating. And they have people there from literally all over the world come in and tell uh, folk tales and things like that. It just fascinates me. Uh, that would be fun to attend. I know I, I would enjoy, you know, hearing different tales and different, you know, folk, folklore from all around the world and what have you. Yeah. Right and that, that, and that's what I enjoy about some of the, the regional podcasts and things like that. You get to hear local stories of similar things or sometimes things you never heard of or never even imagined. I'd uh, say you're in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ever listen to Strange Familiars with uh, Tim Renner? I do. I do. I love that podcast. It's yes. one of my favorite. And he's good at digging up some that I've never heard of anyway, like the, the Alba Twitch and the... Uh, the flannel man and, and some of that stuff. I actually had a story that somebody had given me about 16 years ago, uh, had related to me for my, it was in my first book. Um, and it turned out to be a flannel man story, but I'd never heard of that entity or didn't know anything about that until just uh, relatively recently, maybe four or five years ago when I started hearing those stories about the flannel man. And I thought that was a flannel man story, but it was from uh, like uh, somewhere in Tennessee yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, actually, yeah. he he doesn't live too far from me. He's probably about an hour and a half from where yeah. I'm, I'm from. I'm about an hour north of Harrisburg, and he's down, I believe, yeah. around the York area, somewhere down down below in there. And and that was one of the surprising things to me, just how much folklore and cryptids and things there are in Pennsylvania. So very very active places up there. Of course, everybody knows about uh, Gettysburg and uh, the ghosts and things there, but there's a lot of uh, smaller, lesser legends and monsters and creatures and stuff there. It's uh, I've got plans to move back east at some point, and, and when I do, I've got uh, Pennsylvania is on my bucket list to get up there and prowl around and, and check some of these places out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful state. Uh, very humid in the summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, and there's a lot to do with the, uh, the Susquehanna river as well. And with it laying, or I think on the 40th parallel and it being one of the oldest rivers in North America, actually. So yeah. I, there's another podcast out there that, you know, he talks about a guy named Michael Wan and, uh, he, he does some fascinating, uh, research into, uh, the Susquehanna river and, uh, the Susquehanna alchemy. And, you know, it's pretty interesting, you know, yeah, and then you've got stuff, uh, stuff I never knew. And I, it's been in my backyard for, you know, yeah. <laughs> for and I think uh, Lon Strickler, isn't he from Pennsylvania too? Yeah. I think he's from Western Pennsylvania. He does the phantoms and monsters stuff. He comes up with some good stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So a lot of his are not in Pennsylvania. I know he was talking about like the winged humanoids that they they're seeing now around Chicago. There's like a, Chicago or, or an Illinois version of the Mothman or something like that anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating stuff. Yeah, definitely. What other stories you got? Well, let's see. I'm trying to get us back on track, get back yeah. toward a Krampus <laughs> and Christmas. I'm all over the road. That's just uh, that's all right. usually that's... where I'm most comfortable anyway. Is that, just... is, that is very okay for this podcast because uh, any guest I usually have on, you know, tangents are, are very welcome. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I'm trying to think of more stories that I've heard about Krampus or Christmas legends or things like that. Uh, but again, like we were talking about, I, I am glad to see it as a, a returning tradition or maybe it's a brand new tradition here in the States. Because like I said, growing up, I never heard of it or anything. But I remember once when I was a kid, 
my parents were antique dealers and uh, they had bought a big box of uh, Christmas decorations that were turned out, I guess they were made in Germany or something. And in the box, along with the Santa Claus doll and all this stuff, there was a, a devil demon looking doll and just an evil looking thing. And I thought, you know, what, the, what kind of Christmas decoration is that? And turns out it was Krampus. I just didn't know it at the time. Oh, wow. And uh, I, I got rid of it. It was scary looking. Of course, I was maybe seven, eight years old or something. And they, they gave me that they were getting like the glass ornaments and things out of it and the stuffed looking things they, they let me keep. So I kept the Santa Claus and I think there was a reindeer, something in there. And then this devil looking thing. And I just, yeah, I throw that away. Now you but, probably um, wish you had it. Yeah. I'd love to have it now. I keep, I've tried to draw it to remember exactly what it looked like, but I mean, it had hooves. It had a red outfit on. It had a little burlap sack. And I think it had, um, if it had a hickory or a, a whip or a chain or something in its hand. Okay. Now there's another story that I used to hear growing up as a kid down South. My grandmother would uh, tell me stuff to try to scare me. There was a, uh, a person or a creature, whatever you want to call it, known as Rawhead Bloody Bones. And it was um, some sort of monstrous entity like that. Kind of the same thing. It carried a cloth sack with it, a burlap bag. And if uh, you were misbehaving, uh, the story was that uh, it would come and it would catch you and put you in the bag and take you off and uh, make a stew out of you or something. So mm. kind of the same story, but didn't have anything to do with Christmas or the holidays. It was just uh, one of those cautionary tales to get you to sit down and shut up and uh, be good. Right. You know, it's, it's funny how the burlap bag and taking children into the woods comes up over and over in different cultures. Um, like with uh, the, the Kwakwakiwak uh, tribe up in uh, British Columbia, Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, I had Tom Seawood on and, you know, he refers to the, the woman of the woods and she would do the same thing. You know, mm -hmm. you, you were misbehaving, you know, she put you in a burlap bag, take you in the woods and basically eat you. <laughs> it's like every culture has something similar. To something with a, a burlap bag or some kind of sack mm -hmm. that's going to come and get you and carry you away. Yeah. I don't know, know what, I don't know what the connection is or why there is a connection to burlap bag, but. Um, yeah. Just, I think that was just such a, a common thing, particularly farm country and things back there. Cause a lot of the stories like that, where I've heard them that had something to do with the burlap bag. It was from a farming community or out in the hills somewhere. And um, I think originally uh, uh, feed sacks and things like that were, were how you got the burlap bags and then they reused everything. I've mm -hmm. seen uh, pictures and read accounts of uh, women sewing dresses out of burlap sacks or repurposing them into curtains and stuff like this. And you, know, you grew up on a farm, particularly during the Depression or the Dust Bowl era. So that you reused everything you had. You know, there wasn't any such thing as uh, garbage or waste. No. And especially something like that, that that had a value to it. Um, not sure what else. I'm not sure if. Um, I know the flour and things like that came in a like a cotton sack, and I've heard of people making curtains and even underwear and stuff out of those. But anytime that I've, I've heard about um, something coming after children, it was particularly 
a burlap bag. I never did hear of any other kind of sack or a bag or anything being used. It could be because they were durable too. You know what I mean? They, you, you could fill them with potatoes and they're, they're not going to rip. Yeah. A big burlap bag full of potatoes. Probably and then just the, the idea that that texture, you know, they're very rough and mm-hmm. burlap takes the hide off of you yeah. if you're uh, not careful with it. And um, so, so that was the idea of being stuffed down in that bag is burlap and dusty and uh, prickly. Just to, to add a little nuance to it, you know, just to make it a little more frightening. Right. I'm going to put you in a, a comfy uh, cloth bag. I'm going to put you in a burlap sack and, and carry on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, things we make up just to scare kids, to keep them to, uh, to listen. <laughs> it's almost, it, it's, I don't know, you think about it nowadays, it's like, man, if I, if I would have done that, I probably would have, you know, probably had child services called on me if I told some of the stories <laughs> yeah. that were told back then. It's like, man. Yeah, the times are, are different now for certain. Just And, you know, when, when I was a kid, I grew up in the, I was born in 63, so grew up in the mid to late 60s, early 70s. We played outside, you know, we street lights came on, it was time to go home. If you even lived in an area where there were street lights. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, earliest part of my life, I didn't. We lived out in rural East Tennessee and on a country road and just when it got dark it was time to come home so right. summertime you know you might not have to come home till nine nine o'clock at night and i was like just a little kid you know seven eight years old and we had uh, a little over 26 acres out there uh only about five of it cleared off so those woods were my paradise when i was a kid and i just i wasn't afraid in the woods i enjoyed being in the woods and learned a lot of uh woodcraft and wood lore and things but now, after doing all the research that I've done and reading about these people that are taken in the woods or disappeared in the woods or had something strange happen to them in the woods, I just, I don't know. I, I think twice about it now before going out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I was uh, a couple of weeks ago, I've mentioned this before on, on the show, I uh, like to forage for gourmet uh, wild mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And I went up to this place where my wife and I like to take the dogs to hike. And it was a, it was kind of a, a dreary day. I mean, it wasn't raining, but you know, it was chilly and just overcast, not much sun. And I'm heading down the trail and I turn the corner and I'm, I'm going down and it, it, it's dark. I mean, it's still light, but I mean, it just had this dark feeling to it. And for whatever reason, I was just like, I, I got this really uncomfortable feeling. And normally I don't. Um, very comfortable in the woods mm-hmm. and I was like you know what I think I'm just going to back out and uh, you know go back to the car and call, call it quits you know I only had maybe not even a half hour left of daylight left anyway so it wasn't like I was I was wasting too much time but I don't know it was just weird and we we, we had a, a small experience up in there with uh, with our older dog um, we came across a, a rock Karen and it probably was man-made um, might not have been who knows you know, whatever uh but he, my dog who's normally not scared of anything i mean his hair was standing up he was growling at it wow. drooling and didn't want nothing to do with it so i mean I don't know, kind of weird thing so but i mean if you're if you're comfortable with being in the woods you will tend to pick up on on certain energy that that might come off different and yeah i've, I've had that happen especially when i spent a lot of time in the woods 
sometimes there were places and it might be a place you'd visited before a dozen times but that particular time it just felt off it didn't feel right um i felt like that before where you felt like you were being washed or something and a lot of times a, a a larger predator an apex predator will make you feel that way if there's a, a bear or especially a big cat mm-hmm. you kind of something still in your dna i think kind of picks up on that and you may not really know what it is. I'm like, I don't need to be here. And um, another thing that I've always found very discomforting is, is when you're in the woods and everything suddenly goes, I mean, just absolutely still. There's no bird, no wind, nothing. It's like somebody just turned the volume knob down and you're in a vacuum or you've gone deaf or something. I've had that happen like up in the Smokies in a couple areas. And uh, when that happens, I always like turn around or go a different way or do something. Because then just in a, within a few minutes, suddenly the sound comes back. You hear the birds, you hear the water, maybe traffic off in the distance or something. But mm-hmm. I don't know what that's all about, but that's a real creepy feeling. It is. Uh, that, that In that area, that actually has happened a couple of times to me and my wife. We'll be hiking and all of a sudden I'll just stop you. Like, Do you notice how quiet it is? Like there's no birds, there's no nothing mm-hmm. other than us and the dogs. And she's like, that is kind of odd. Like not even a squirrel running or a chipmunk getting scared or a bunny rat, you know, nothing. It's, it is, it's odd. I'm freaky sometimes. Oh, but I, I think there's a lot of stuff out there that we don't necessarily know about or don't know as much as we think we do or, or something like that. And uh, I remember one time I was in the Smokies, I'd been up to Clingman's Dome, which is the highest point in the Smokies. And um, there's a, lookout tower up there an observation tower i was coming back from that and i i wasn't even on the trail i just to me certain areas of smokies like that the trails are for tourists they're crowded they're you know people all over the place and if i had a, a compass or a gps i was happy just going off trail going through the woods so that day i was coming back down off of um near the overlook there and went kind of around down one side was planning on working my way back around and I came across a tree in a clearing. It was just like this big, beautiful oak tree. I saw it like off trail, even though I was not on a trail, it was even farther off trail. And I went over there to this clearing and there's not really even any oaks up there. I think there's some red oaks up near that level, but it's it's high enough about the only thing up there is fur, I think. But uh, this tree, it didn't even look real. It looked like a Disney tree, like the Imagineers had made this tree and put it in there and uh, in the afternoon the sunlight was filtering in through the other trees and stuff and it was just lit and it looked so magical and i'm standing there and i'm looking at this tree and it was big i mean it would take several people holding hands to get all the way around it and i'm like why have i never noticed this before why have i never seen this of course it was way off the beaten path and then i was kind of like you know that looks so comfortable and so comforting that that you know i could probably just sit down there lean up against that tree maybe take a nap or something and just be so relaxed and then all of a sudden it's like something kicked in i'm like what am i thinking about it's you know three almost four o'clock in the afternoon the sun's going down uh if i don't get out of here pretty quick i'm gonna be here in the dark trying to find my way but it was almost like something some unseen something was trying to lull me into that false sense of security. Like, yeah, this is fine. You know, go ahead, sit down, take a load off, rest, take a nap. 
am going to be. I might have been one of those people that that disappeared and was never heard from again, or or be like Rip Van Winkle, you know, wake up twenty years later with my beard down to my knees and uh, everybody I know is not alive anymore. Some yeah. something okay. weird like that. But that was one of the strangest things I've ever encountered up there. Just where did that thought even come from? Because I would never do anything like that. And and you hit it nail on the head what i was just going to say is like maybe maybe that's what's happening to some of these people that are disappearing they're getting lulled into uh, a false sense of security to oh i would like to sit down and you know maybe maybe put my head up against the tree take a little nap and next thing (laughs) yeah they're gone and then then what happens yeah where do you where do you go from there but uh there there are you know some some strange disappearances up there starting with uh the main one that I'm aware of was the Dennis Martin case in 1969. Uh, we were about the same age. I was five going on six and Dennis was six going on seven. Uh, Father's Day, 1969, he had gone up to Cades Cove in uh, the Smoky Mountains National Park there with his dad, his brother, and his grandfather. And uh, they had hiked from Cades Cove up to a place called Spence Field. It's not a very strenuous hike, but it's, it's a pretty good little hike, especially for a kid. And uh, once they got up to Spence Field, they had met another family that was up there. And there's a lot of just weird synchronicities with this case. Um, their name was Martin also. They, they weren't related, but the two Mr. Martins kind of got to know one of those. And, you know, maybe our kids can play together. The other Martin family had several kids. And so the, the Martin boys from both sides are, are playing around there and either playing hide and go seek or trying to sneak up and scare the, the older folks or something like that. And um, Dennis was the smallest one out of all of them. And he was also wearing red. There's, there's that color red thing again. And so the, the bigger boy said, well, why don't you go hide by yourself? You'll give us away. And uh, his father said he watched him go uh, into or by, kind of behind a clump of bushes there. And uh, a few minutes later, the other kids are running around. He didn't see Dennis anywhere. And he says, anybody seen Dennis? And they're like, no, not since we uh, quit playing the game. Well, his father walks right to this uh, brush, the patch, whatever it was that, that Dennis had walked behind. He walks all the way around it and even goes into it. No sign of Dennis anywhere in there. And that was when he realized, you know, his son's missing. He sent his father, Dennis's grandfather, back down to the ranger station to get help. And then he took off in a run down the Appalachian Trail, which passes through the corner of Spence Field there, uh, ran for a couple of miles downhill no sign of dennis anywhere and uh that was when he saw dennis step behind that clump of bushes that was the last time he ever saw him alive and uh within just a few hours so the greatest manhunt the smokies had ever seen up to that point started had um, all the park rangers uh search and rescue teams from uh knox anderson blunt counties um tracker dogs um hundreds of people participating in the search. At one point, uh, the FBI got involved. Uh, the Green Berets showed up and helped search for him. That was another weird thing. The Green Berets don't search for missing kids. No. But yet there they were, and uh, they wouldn't have anything to do with any of the other searchers. They set up their own radio stuff and command posts and everything and wouldn't uh, join in with any of the park officials, which is kind of odd. And then another thing, while all this is going on, this uh, freak uh, inclement weather storm blows up out of nowhere and uh, basically obliterated any evidence that might have been left behind. 
And that's another thing that happens in a lot of these cases. There will be usually after somebody goes missing, there'll be a heavy snowfall or a heavy rainfall or a windstorm or something weird like that happened, unexpected that wasn't forecasted. But uh, the only thing they ever found, there was one shoe print that they thought might have been his along a creek bank, but they weren't even sure about that because some of the Boy Scouts that were in there helping search, Cub Scouts too, uh, they wore the same kind of shoes he was wearing. Hmm. And uh, farther down in another part of the park, there was a, a family, uh, their last name was Key, and they had asked a ranger where they might go to, to look at some bear, and he had, he had pointed to an area. Well, while they're going to this area, they hear a scream from somewhere in the woods. And they look up, and one of the kids goes, Dad, there's a bear now. And the man, the, Mr. Key said he looked, and he's like, that's not a bear. He said it looked like either a, a hairy man or like a man covered in animal skins carrying something red over its shoulder and running up a hollow. And a mm -hmm. lot of people conjectured that that was Dennis and that uh, some of the feral mountain people got him. And uh, that's why he was never found. Um, so it's been, what, 50, 50 something years now. His dad passed away a few years ago on Halloween. Mm. Never any closure, never any idea uh, what had happened to him. And um, said I was almost six at the time. And I just, I remember that was the first time, you know, to, to wrap my head around, you know, kids can go missing, bad things can happen to you if you hide from your parents or if you don't watch out or whatever and it just really stuck with me. Um, Knoxville had two newspapers at that time, the Knoxville news Sentinel, which was the evening paper and the Sunday paper. And then the, the Knoxville journal, which was the morning paper and somewhere, I think they're at my brother's house. I've got two like huge scrapbooks of stuff I clipped out about Dennis from the day it started or for that Monday afterwards and uh, just never got over the case. And in my little childlike mind, uh, we only lived, say, an hour, hour and a half from the, the, the park. But that was by car. But I'm thinking, you know, we're close to the Smokies. He could have wandered down this far. So I'm out riding the country roads on my little Schwinn Stingray, looking to see if he'd, he'd wandered <laughs> down there and gotten lost. I left, uh, I think, a, a candy bar and a little Debbie cake or something out in the woods for him in case he found it and was hungry, you know, just kid stuff like that. But it just, right. that one always stuck with me. And again, there's no, no clue whatever happened to him. And then you have all the strange stuff like with the, the green berets, the uh, agent from the Knoxville field office for the FBI uh, killed himself under really strange circumstances so I don't know. There was just, there was a lot that went down with that. Um, can't get any uh, FOIA documents released on it. That's weird. That you can't can't find out what the Green Berets were doing there. I don't know. Just that, that's one of the most mysterious disappearances that I've ever, ever come across, I think. And there's, there's a guy on YouTube that has a, a channel called South Force 10. And uh, he has a theory that it was the, the feral mountain people that they caught Dennis and they ate him. And he goes on to claim that his relatives, he's from the area, he's from, I think, uh, Sevierville or Pigeon Forge. And he claims that back before the inception of the park, which would have been prior to 1934, that his relatives were hired by the government to go in there and thin out these feral people that lived in there. Now, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people will just kind of snicker at that, but uh, Dwight McCarter, who was uh 
former park ranger, he's retired now. He was the lead tracker on the Dennis Martin case. He's even talked about wild people that live in the woods. But when he talks about it, you get the more impression that it's just people that live off grid, that stay in the woods, that have maybe lived there all their lives and not that they're necessarily feral cannibal hillbillies. But um, he, he did admit that there were people that live in the woods and people are like, well, you know, well, how could that even be that people could exist out there and nobody ever see them or know about them. But if you were raised that way and that's all you knew, I think it would be pretty easy to had, um, always point to Eric Rudolph, who was uh, the uh, guy that was wanted for the abortion clinic bombings and stuff like that. When he was on the FBI's most wanted list, he hid out in uh, Nantahala National Forest, which is just south of the Smokies over on the Carolina side. Uh, this was a person with no real knowledge about uh, wood lore survival or anything like that. He just took off into the woods and managed to stay there for, I think it's almost six years before they finally caught him. And uh, they only caught him then because he had gotten a little lax and was sneaking into a little town in North Carolina and uh, getting day old bread out of the dumpster. A uh, rookie deputy saw him and recognized him from the wanted poster. So if somebody like that without any real experience could stay in the woods and stay hidden for that long, I think it'd be easy for somebody that had been raised that way or that, that had a lot of skills in wood lore and things like that, woodcraft. Absolutely. So it's, it's possible. You know, you could even take that into like Bigfoot. I mean, you know, they, they're so well adversed in their, their environment that, Mm-hmm. You know, you, you walk right by one and wouldn't even see one. It's no different than, you know, like you're saying with feral mountain people, you know, what are their main clothes? Uh, animal skins, you know, yeah. and an animal uh, naturally, naturally blends in with its environment. Um, and that's natural camouflage. I mean, and they're, no. they're good at hiding or, or just <laughs> hide and seek. Yeah. Hide and seek world champions in those yeah. t-shirts and Bigfoot, you know. All they have to do is crouch by a tree, and you know mm-hmm. the common Joe just walking by. Not or or hide up in a tree. Mm-hmm. I could tell you the times I've been up in a tree and have people walk right below me, never look up. Yeah, just I mean maybe like a whole crew of people hiking by, and if they just looked up, they would have seen me up there. I mean I wasn't deer hunting or anything. I was just up in a tree. I just I would do stuff like that when I was younger, but. uh that many people don't look up in the woods if you're not you know it's not on a trail where you have to look up to see where you're going if it's a, a flatter area people don't look up yeah. and if you've got any kind of canopy any kind of tree cover they're probably not going to see you anyway so it would be real easy to, to hide in the woods and that's one of the other theories that a lot of these disappearances are human predators uh fbi thought that at one time there may have been as uh many as three to five serial killers working along the Appalachian trail. And, you know, that's a long way. It runs from Georgia all the way to the terminus or the beginning, which way you want to look at it in Maine. That's, that's a lot of woods and a lot of places to hide. If you were familiar with the trail, with the area and stuff, you could, you know, hop off into small towns. You could, because I've done that. I've, I've never through hiked it, but I've hiked on, Hiked in every state that the Appalachian Trail runs through, except for Maine. I've never been up there on the trail. I've been to Maine, but just not on the Appalachian Trail. But uh, there's some desolate places. But then the next thing you know, like, say, um, I was hiking one time from Georgia up to the Smokies. And I passed through, um, or beyond the Smokies, passed through um, the trail there at, uh, 
Damascus, Virginia. And I got off the trail. There's a little, uh, like a trail angel station there. People that hike the trail know they can get off there and get supplies and a hot meal and shower and water and stuff like that. And just right next to Damascus, it's just a tiny little community. But right next to that is Abingdon, Virginia. And just down the road is uh, Johnson City, Tennessee and stuff. So you could do all kinds of things in a city, even hop back on the trail and just move up and down the trail on foot without mm -hmm. uh, anybody having any idea you're anything other than a hiker. Yeah. And you hear, and I give, give some of these women, they have bigger kahunas than I do because they'll <laughs> hike the whole trail and yeah. not have any real big form of protection, you know? And, and I think that's one thing that has always deterred me from wanting to hike it from beginning to end is you can't carry a firearm in every one of those states. Yeah. Well, somebody was telling me that that had changed now and uh, in most of the national parks, you can carry a sidearm. I'll have to look and it might be subject to local laws or something mm -hmm. like that. But I heard that recently that you can carry oh, in the good, national man. parks now. So that'd be a good thing. Yeah. But uh, one of the most important things I think you can get now is those little satellite, uh, the personal locator beacon. Mm -hmm. They're a little on the expensive side. I think you can get into a cheap one for around two, $250. But if you've got one of those and you manage to be able to trip it, I mean, something could happen to you and you couldn't set it off. But once you set that off, it uh, announces your location via satellite to the emergency services and things like that. And they can pinpoint you to within just a couple of yards, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're handy. And if, I don't know if you're going to, if you're going to invest the time to, to do a, a, a big hike like that I yeah might as well two three hundred dollars like that. yeah that's nothing to is worth my life in terms of safety all right welcome back uh we took a little little break um just to have a little special uh surprise for for steve i i brought in uh, cisco murdoch um you can um i'll let her introduce herself and uh what she's all about where where you, you find her and her podcast and and uh, everything else in between from A to Z. So I give you Cisco Murdoch along with Steve Stockton. So Cisco, please feel free. To hey, post. thanks for having me. They asked, he asked me to come in here and surprise yeah, it was a me. Good surprise for me. I wasn't expecting Who? that. We take a little break. <laughs> I walk back in. I'm like, why is Cisco on my screen? I thought something weird had gone on. Yeah, we do some shows together. We're in and out a lot of different shows, but we've been friends for a long time. We're, we connected the first time we ever, you know, said a word to each other, and we ain't shut up since, right, Bub? Yep. And have yep. a lot of fun. I, yeah, I run a podcast called Journey Through the Gate Paranormal Portal Podcast on YouTube, and we go live on there Sunday nights and Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. And Steve is my all-time buddy on Monday nights who do just, you know, grab bag kind of paranormal, supernatural, cryptid, all that kind of conspiracy. It might be whatever. Sometimes we just sit back and have a good time with the chat and throw up ghost pictures and say, what do you think? Fake or not fake? I don't know. I can't, you know what I mean? Tell stories. It's just a good old time. But we wrote a book together and um, had fantastic experience doing that. We've done so much, but... The biggest thing I think is just trying to figure out what's going on with all this and you know something's going on obviously you know people are missing out of you know national parks you got alien this UFOs Bigfoot you know ghosts uh, all kinds of exciting stuff out there and most of the time people miss a lot of the 
deep miracle part of it. You know, mm-hmm. we get so caught up in the science and try to figure out, you know, why and can I make it happen again or whatever. And I'm just, you know, one of those people that have had experiences and I'm just still caught up in the whole magical miracle of it all. You know, I mean, you telling me, you know, loved ones can pass and come back at, in our time of need or when we don't even know we need and give us little messages and boost us on this journey. And, you know, uh, other people can come back and still haunt uh, a battlefield such as Gettysburg or Fredericksburg or Antietam or Fort Mammoth, you know, whatever. Uh, Battlefield's all global, you know. Ghosts and things are all around us all the time. And, you know, some of the best stories can be, you know, found in just everybody's every day. You know, so, if you're absolutely. looking. Yeah. And uh, for the listeners, uh, we're, we started out with uh, a little Krampus talk and it kind of segued into what this next section is going to be about. Uh, it's going to be about all things spooky, uh, maybe related to this year, time of year, maybe not. But uh, I think it's just going to be one of those uh, magical journeys where, where the energy uh, tends to go with this show. Um, I, I never set a guideline on exactly what we need to talk about. I, I always feel what needs to be talked about always comes out. And I had talked to you the other night, uh, Cisco, that I, in the past year, I kind of found out that, um, uh, what I was kind of dealing with, um, I'm, I'm an empath and I really pick up on, on energy and, um, like I, like when I get over like a sensory overload, usually I'm, I'm like in a supermarket. And next thing I know, there's, I hear everybody around me talk like, up, 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 up. and I'll get, I'll, I'll get a look on my face and, and my wife kind of freaks out. She goes, you get that thousand yard stare. Like you want to kill everybody in here. And I'm like, no, I'm just, I, I'm overloaded. I need to get out of here. And I've, I've learned or am learning how to better control that with, with some breathing techniques and realizing what I used to play around. Like I used to play around with my chi um, back in the day. And I've, I've really started kind of playing with that again. And, and, you know, realizing that because we are energy beings, we can control our levels of energy and vibe high to vibe low, to vibe neutral where, where we need to be and deflect that negative energy and accept the positive energy. So I, I thought it was fascinating when you said, you know, mentioned about being, you know, empath and what have you. And I was just like, oh, thank God, you know, someone else maybe can yeah, Steve point is my dumbass in the right, right Steve direction. Yeah. So, I mean, both of us will tell you that, you know, we can't, you know, hospitals, um, you know, any, uh, home, anything like that. Anything. Mall, shopping mall, a lot of high emotion or anything like oh. that. But yeah, sometimes shopping or the mall or mm-hmm even public transportation, the bus or the train or anything like that. I've had episodes on there before. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. And it's hard. You know, I mean, what everything you said, you know, absolutely. I mean, Steve's got the same thing, but you have to find out what, what works best for you. You know, people want to meditate. People want to, uh, you have to ground. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether you're hugging a tree <laughs> or, you know, digging your hands and feet in the dirt. I mean, there's a reason uh, a lot of people go barefoot, you know, I mean, whether you're uh, one of the coolest things I ever thought is like when I when I used to sing, sing the blues and stuff. I I I want to sing barefoot. I want my feet. I want to feel the vibration. I want to mm-hmm. you know, 
and it's it, there really is something to that you know people dance i'm native american you know people dance you barefoot it's an amazing uh, experience you know you the vibration and everything you're pulling up with the drum beats and everything else mm-hmm. there's something to be said for that or like i say to people too you'd have to do a physical intent cleansing like just taking a shower and imagine the the water uh being golden light going through every part of your body and all the negativity going down into the drain say whatever mantra you want but you have to believe in that you know mm-hmm. whether it's a anything from you know a buddhist chant to a prayer to uh uh you know an old rock and roll tune you know whatever that may be that makes you vibrate on that level of that cleansing thing it's that's that's another way to get away from it but it's also too i think knowing where not to go and know what is going to cost you going in and maybe doing something like that before you know many paranormal groups many mediums and and people i know that go into very dark places for good reasons Mm -hmm. um do eat chocolate and uh always do some kind of uh um protection and light uh prayer and surrounding how about you steve i mean same same yeah you know certain crystals that i like to carry and uh the the chocolate thing that seems to work Mm -hmm. i've never heard the chocolate thing raises your endorphins the same as uh many others i try to go out as often as i can and get barefoot in the yard just to to get that negative energy off see it there big old crystal yeah it is a nice crystal you also have to know to cleanse them just like they need to be cleansed too most of them there's only a few that don't but uh you know if you're having something absorbing you know like black tourmaline or or something along those lines amethyst to ward off negativity i mean there's different things but again just as in anything in life you're going to choose the path that's working for you i mean Mm -hmm. going to powwows the first time i started learning about stones and one of the coolest things on that that happened to me is I was always drawn to um, uh, hematite. I don't know, you know, I, I wish I had pictures to show because if you don't know what it looks like, it's it's a shiny metal. Some people call it um, Apache tears. It is a shiny metal, almost like a silver looking pyrite, you know, okay. beautiful black stone, black onyx, um, amethyst. These stones I was drawn to where I was never drawn to say my birthstone. I mean, in my days growing up late sixties and seventies, the birthstone was a huge, big thing. I was never drawn to mine. It's just a garnet. Yeah, and I was never drawn the, to mine either. Right. But the elder told me the ones that I were drawn to, that was my native birthstone. Mm. My energy knew even when I didn't, that's what I was attracted to. And I think you have to go that path when you're doing this too you know, because we're all suited for certain things. Let's, let's kind of jump into a little bit of that, because I know I'm super curious on, because I would like to get into getting some, some crystals and, and keeping them around me. And I, I, I don't even know where to start. You know what I mean? I I hear it on different podcasts and they'll touch on it, but for someone that's a beginner like me that, that would like to get into this, how does someone go about doing this? First off, I mean, Steve might have another view on this, um, but usually you'll find that nothing is right or wrong. It's just what's right for you. And that's what the elder told me was let the stone choose you. So if you want to get into into a place, 
start handling them. Put your hand up, over them. See what feels good in your hand. You'll mm -hmm. know when you've got one that works and when you'll one feel one it. <laughs> you'll yeah. feel it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And let them choose you because obviously that's what was happening with me and I didn't know it. So okay. then go and learn about that stone. All right. And and let that stone tell you what it's about because they all have different properties. If you're going for the healing properties, that you know that's going to be one section. If you're going for, say, protection or 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 uh, to ward off negativity, or if you're going to have better communication with a higher uh, vibration or um, the other side, there, and then you'll start learning about that one stone and why it might have chose you. You might not even know you need it, but maybe it was one that was good like howl like that's uh good for insomnia but you might find out it's also good for blood pressure or or, or something along those I, I don't know that okay. about how like but you'll find a side thing and you go hey i needed that too and i didn't know but they know they they see your vibration just like you do i mean stones remember the earth remembers the wind remembers you know mm -hmm. it, it really really does and and that's the thing in the paranormal as well is a stone tape theory see you know, yeah. it all has the same thing, quartz and limestone, you know, the whole shebang. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, when stone chooses it's, you, sometimes you found out you need it, like it, craving. It in there. Mm. Yeah. Like craving yeah. food. Like, did you ever like just crave oh, yeah. salt? Yeah. And then you find out that maybe your body was lacking that. Mm -hmm. That's all or, natural. Or even, even something simple as, you know, uh, man, like lately, I've been, I've been devouring like at two to three apples a day and mm -hmm. I, don't, I, I don't know why but apparently my body's telling me something mm -hmm. there's there's a nutritional value in in apples that my body is lacking and I've always been drawn to fruit but I could go I could go a long time without eating any fruit and I'm not a huge sweet eater you know I'll, I'll eat some sweets now and again but you know, I'm, I'm not a dessert, dessert guy by any means, you know, my whole uh, in-laws and everything, you know, 13 years ago when they, you know, first met me they're at a dinner, they're like, you're not going to eat dessert. I said, no, I, I, I just filled up on meat. You know what I mean? I, right, got, meat, yeah. I got the meat sweats. I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> but uh, you know, and we're you know, meat people too, right? We see. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, like I said, you know, it, it, the apple thing could, you know, is, could be related. that you're lacking it. Yeah. She uh, lady my mom knew she couldn't keep potted plants in her house because her little kid would eat the dirt out of them. And <laughs> she finally figured out it was something he was craving, something he was needing. She started giving him charcoal tablets and there he would go. leave the potted plants alone. So there's something <laughs> in that dirt that he was, but he would eat it by the fistful, just a little guy, you know, toddler. Oh, God. That's, I don't know why that's so that's probably, funny, but. Hey, maybe he was helping with his immune system. Who knows? <laughs> That's a good one, Steve. I never heard that one before. Yeah. You know, oh, we, I goodness. made mud pies as a little little kid, you know, yeah. but I, I never used to make I my never... niece eat them. <laughs> no, I, I, I never ate one. But... No. Oh gosh, yeah, that's so, funny. But it best... is true. It's very true. I mean, I used to do that a lot with spinach, and I found out I had a um, I was craving raw spinach. You know, like mm -hmm. instead of lettuce, and I do that now all the time. Anyway, it's like if you go go to the Wawa, which are, or I, I don't know where you're at, but it's like Seven Eleven or Quick yeah. Check, whatever. I'm in Central Pennsylvania, the... so oh. I'm kind of on the you... skirts. I have to drive a little bit to get to a Wawa, but they're not that. But far. you know what one is? I, I know what a so, Wawa is. 
But to go in there, you get, you know, your chicken salad or something. Instead of getting it on lettuce, I always get it on spinach. But I Mm. found out why I started that was because I was anemic and didn't know it, which raised my iron levels. Now I'm no longer anemic. But that's just it. If you let your body tell you, it's just like an intuition about, you know, you're standing next to a person in line. All of a sudden, you just feel this like inherent, Mm. you know, bad energy. And you're kind of like, what's going on? You turn around and go, okay, I see where that's coming from. Like Steve and I tell the story all the time of, you know, different people we've bumped into, we just knew. Um, you felt it before. Like the little kid that you ran into that was kicking his mom. Oh, my God. That was horrid. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, my God. That was like just. That, Damien, the, the omen. I call him. I call them grinners. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that sounds funny, but that's one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen some scary things. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like the Alice in Wonderland and Dorothy sitting on the park bench and she, Dorothy looks at, <laughs> at Alice and said, I've seen some shit. That's how yeah. I feel. Yeah. And you know, I mean, that's one of the scariest things I've ever seen is what I call a grinner. I mean, I know you wanted to talk about whatchamacallits, but man, if you want to know about grinner, that's one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Hey, let's hear about grinners. Well, you talk, it has to do with energy as well, because I'm in the middle of, I was doing retail, it's heavy day, like just figure Saturday, busy. And I was going around, I was customer service manager and I was going around helping cashiers. I had a cashier that had a problem. So I was caught up in trying to help her figure out what this issue was. And I kept feeling this presence coming. And as it got closer, it started to get familiar to the point of, I know this is bad and it's coming. And it's next level negative. It's not a person pissed off having a bad day negative energy. This is like probably was never human negative energy. There's a difference. And I'm trying to figure out where it's coming from. And I'm trying to help her at the same time. And there's talking and yakking and everything. And I'm trying to pinpoint it. And I see people coming down the aisle in her aisle. And I see this woman pushing a cart. It's got a bunch of picture frames underneath the cart, in the cart, all over the place. Very well-dressed, hair in a tight bun, looked like she worked in a legal office. You know, like probably the front-end receptionist or one of the lawyers. She was very well-dressed. And she was very haggard and tired, exhausted, in heels. That's what I was getting off of her. But in the cart was this young boy, probably somewhere around two, two and a half also very well dressed little look you're too young to know little lord fauntleroy but um think uh old english prep school okay richie rich rich yeah yep blazer with the emblem the loafers the argyle socks the little cut off shorts the whole very well put together kid sitting mm-hmm. with his hands like this every time the mother bent over he'd kick her to get the frames from underneath the cart and stuff. And I'm starting to pick this up and I'm going, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? But I'm also noticing this. And as she's pushing the cart forward and putting more frames and little ones and big ones all on this, the belt. And I'm talking to this cashier and she pushes the cart closer to get more frames on the thing. The overwhelming gush of this energy hit me again. And I went, oh, my God, it's a kid. Mm. And as soon as I said it, as soon as I thought it in my head, 
he turns and he looks at me and he's just got this grin and his he didn't have black eyes they were dark but it certainly i'm not saying he's a black-eyed kid they were just dark and his energy was dark and this kid knew and he kicked his mom again and the smile got a little deeper and i finished up with the cashier i got out of there because i can't battle you, you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. what am i gonna do grab this kid and go get out of the kid <laughs> right <laughs> you know I mean, what am i gonna do ma'am excuse me i know you're having a bad day but did you know your child was a demon yeah i gotta perform I, a quick exorcism here <laughs> what do you do yeah. i got out because it, it knew i knew and it wasn't a day for a battle you know what i mean Eddie, just i'm getting out everybody else will be fine they'll be you know slightly affected it'll be done he'll be gone and there's nothing i can do about it but that's a grinner and i've seen them before yeah when it knows you know i'm glad i i i don't know maybe 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 i'm too new to to know all my abilities but i'm glad i don't see that kind of stuff because i don't know how i'd handle i've had some paranormal experiences i've talked about it on I believe my last episode that I did <clears throat> and uh, uh, are you familiar you're from the east coast so you might be familiar with with Joseph Priestley um, he he was credited for uh, discovering oxygen and in the town that I grew up in his house is now a museum and his mother's house is the public library and I've had I had some paranormal experiences in there where I actually seen an apparition of a lady when I was coming up and, and when I was young, you know, I, I didn't know I was singing these Bible songs, you know, God's got an army, not afraid to fight, you know, I didn't know what to do, you know, and I'm coming up to the third floor and all of a sudden she's standing there in like old period, like 1800s, maybe, maybe, maybe even like 17 or 1600s, like a dra- raggedy dress. She just goes, <laughs> and then yeah. the, to the fourth floor was the slave quarters, but the door was always it never fully shut it was always open like an inch or two and she just poof right through there i dropped what the, whatever is in my fucking hands and i ran downstairs and i was like i'm not going up there ever fuck yeah no i'm not doing it no 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 kidding bro it's 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 some kind it's the it's the absolute shit is it not when Mm -hmm. you see something like that and you can't explain it and you just it's never when you expect it unless you're let me take that back Unless you're going into a situation, you know, ahead of time, hey, I'm here for this and I'm here for doing that. That's an exception to the rule because you're going in to investigate or help or whatever. And I have been in those situations. But when something is happening for you personally, you know, a visitation from a loved one or a message from whatever you want to call it, and it just happens to you in your home turf or wherever you are in your personal space, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Is not it is I mean, because you've seen them, I've seen them and you're never prepared. And the, the only other entity I saw in there was Mrs. Priestley herself and mm. other people like usually it was smaller children. Occasionally an adult would see it, but you'd go up to the second walk up, like you go in the front door, the steps went up. And if you hung a right, it was like the main area where you would check out. It like would have probably been the dining hall at one time or something like that. But if you went up the steps and, and, hung a hard right and came back there was uh i guess the assistant head librarian's office was there but that's where um joseph Priestley's mom uh would sit and knit, uh, knit or whatever and look out the window and i saw her just sitting there you know kind of staring out the window and i kind of closed my
my eyes for a second, open them, she was gone. And I, I had said something to one of the librarians and they were like, oh yeah, that was, that was Mrs. Priestley. You know, she's, she's seen in that, that room quite often, you know, that she's, she's not going to hurt you. You know, she's, yeah. she's very friendly. She just, she just gets seen every now and again. I, and, it, and it was weird because like, you, I, I, t- I talked about it on my last episode, but it was the first time I ever really ever, ever publicly told my story other than to, to close friends and, and family. And it, it was kind of uh, a breath of fresh air. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, you know, this did happen to me. I don't give a fuck who, who what mm-hmm. you think of me. I know, you know what I saw. Yeah. I know what I, I saw. I know what I saw. And, and you can't, and you can't prove me wrong with science. You just right. can't. But, and because everything in your body said it, your, your eyes, Okay, I don't know if you smelled or taste anything. Some do, you know, uh, not all the time and not the same thing from the, go- uh, from the ghost because they're going to materialize. The best way I understand it, there are no experts in this. Steve and I say this all the time. You know, you might know a lot about one thing or think you've got it, but then it flips on you. So you got to be ready for that, you know, because I don't think we're supposed to get a complete handle on it. I mean, that's what I'm understanding right this minute. So not everybody's Zach Bagan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Seems to take two or three people that are inadvertently drawn together and each one will have something the other lacks in or a little stronger mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cisco and I've had that happen where something we were working on and a mm-hmm. third party or fourth party even would just somehow get connected to us and then they were able to complete the circle as it were and then uh, like the, the guy that we crossed over you guys did uh, the motorcycle guy mm-hmm. that was that was took a village it took a village man that yeah. is the most bizarre. Well, I keep saying that every time something happens, I go, "That's the most bizarre thing," and then something else <laughs> will happen. But yeah, that took a village. That was a beautiful thing. I mean, that's what I was saying in the beginning. It's like the the miracle of it all, the yeah. wonder of it all, the, the the amazement, and people are missing it for whatever reason, or poo pooing it, or explaining it away. And I'm always of the mind of why not, you know, and I think that's why a lot of things happen with us, Steve, and a lot of things that the people, our friends do too. I mean, KSPS, you know, uh, our friends in uh, Pennsylvania over there by you, uh, fantastic guys, but it's the intent. Everybody in that room had whole hearts to just like, look, we're here to help. If you don't want help or if you don't want to talk, great. But how long is it going to be before the next group comes in here that really can connect you to your loved ones on the other side or your higher self, you know, your higher self or your spirit guides, whatever it's going to take you to your, I'll call your dog, mm-hmm. you know, if that's what you need to walk through into that light, because, you know, whatever you're holding yourself here for, it's not worth it, you know, no, it's not. whatever that may be. And I know that sounds nuts, but Steve, this man sound. calls me at two o'clock in the morning, one o'clock in my morning, my morning, because he's a West Coast, I'm East Coast, mm-hmm. and says, this is the kind of phone calls I get. Cisco, I think I know where her body is. Ooh. But I'm the kind of friend to go, okay, keep going. What's yeah. up? Yeah. And <laughs> those are good friends to have. Yeah, she was going to, let's go find it. I, I've got a truck like, and a shovel. What do you need, man? You know, yeah. <laughs> he from me. But the, the thing is, is you listen through the conversation and Steve has uh, an incredible gift. Uh, a lot of times we call it a curse, but he's a, uh, he, uh, prophetic dreams. He has these dreams that 
he sees something happen. And of course, it's usually a high energy uh, type of thing like that is going to be a catastrophe. Uh, somebody's chaos. Somebody's not having a good day. And the horror of that is not being able to stop it. So we've gotten very good. He's got very good at trying to locate stuff and trying to catch up with it somehow to stop it, you know. And sometimes they'll have these dreams that change. It'll be almost like a a a, a mini series, but it comes at a time. Yeah. <laughs> you have to watch it in several parts to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and this one, the way he described it, I'll just be real quick. It was almost like this desert Mars kind of look with a half buried motorcycle and underneath a pine, uh, the pine burrows of these trees that were off uh, up this ditch was a, a, a dead man up leaning up against the, the tree. Obviously died there, hurt on a motorcycle accident, whatever, put himself up against a tree like many a soldier in so many battles has done. Mm -hmm. and died there against that tree and somehow was trying to get in in steve's dreams find me yeah started out i was just dreaming about the place i could see uh an old brick school building on the other side of mm -hmm. a river and there was factories and stuff over there a lot of brick stuff there was brick chimneys from an old something that was overgrown on there and um i'd had that dream a couple of times where i'd just be walking along there looking across the river at that stuff and then about the third time I dreamed it, I think I looked down over the bank on my side and there was a motorcycle like buried basically up to the, the gas tank and uh, the headlight and one of the handlebars because it was on its side. It was just covered with shale and, and dirt and stuff. And I thought, man, that's somebody's had a wreck there. And then I realized that, that under the tree, there was a body and that's, that's what had happened. He had wrecked there and managed to crawl, I guess, up the bank something and, and under that tree and then had died there and he'd been there for a while there was still like shredded clothing and stuff but like you see like his ribs through his t-shirt and stuff and the mm. rib bones and stuff that were was uh, threadbare and, and coming apart that old bandana yeah and uh, uh still had hair on the skull and everything the bandana wrapped around it faded bandana so i thought you know what's what is this all about and I thought that's what it was. We were supposed to go out and, and find where this accident had happened. And, you know, that's probably a missing person or something there. That would have been closure for a family that, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. uh, Uncle Bobby took off on his motorcycle, never came back or whatever. You know, that's, mm -hmm. well, there's what happened to him. But it turned out to be so much more than that. Oh, but um, Cisco helped find the answer there, the, the lady that she got in touch with. And she hadn't explained anything about it to her. She just said, like, I need to talk to you about something involving another person. I've got their permission. The lady, first words out of her mouth was, stop looking for the motorcycle. Because we've, we've literally been like going on Google Earth and trying to find places mm -hmm. where there was a river and a, an old abandoned school and mm -hmm. brick chimneys and stuff on the other side of the, the factory smokestacks and stuff on the other side. But we didn't have any, like, still don't know where it happened at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if, if that time, really even happened at all, or if that was just something he was using he was to get our attention, maybe. yeah. Because what he was doing was next level. He mm -hmm. was actually coming to Steve each time he came. As I said, it was like a mini series of the dreams, and which mm -hmm. weeks on this. This wasn't, you know, a couple days. This was weeks we were on this, and he every time he came. Did you ever see American Werewolf in London? 
Yeah, when I was okay. When I was you remember kid. when the buddy came and was trying to say, "Kill yourself. You don't want to mm-hmm. be this werewolf. Kill yourself. Kill yourself." And every time he came to him, he was a little more decayed and a little more gone. A That's little the more way gone, this was. A little this more literally turning to dust in my. He was showing room. us a time. Like I'm running out of time. I'm running oh, out of no. time. Now you was know? the body it ever found? Urgent. No, but oh. what happened? was as he said i go to my friend who's fantastic medium and i was going for another reason i was doing a show i make jewelry and i was also doing the metaphysical stuff with the stones and i went and sat down and she goes hey honey how you doing cisco she goes uh she goes i'm not here she goes what are you doing here she goes hold on i'm not here to read you are am i and i said nope and i told her a little <laughs> bit i said you have his permission as soon as i said cross that this is how i'm trying to explain energy as best as I understand it, without any kind of PhD or anything mm-hmm. else, I've just lived it. That's, right. you know. That's better than a PhD. I mean, I'm just saying, I can't, I can't explain it. I could just say what happened. So I'm sitting in front of her. And as soon as I said, you have his permission to read his energy, she sat back and she thought. And she says, okay, stop looking for the motorcycle. It's not about the motorcycle. It's deeper than that. This earthbound spirit has connected himself into the energy of Steve because Steve would listen. He doesn't want to talk to any women. He has a thing with women. He doesn't trust him. He doesn't want to look at. He wouldn't show his face. Hmm. And he talked because she was trying to go in and talk to him now. Mm -hmm. Visualize this. She's seeing this, what he's seeing. I don't see any of this. And she says he doesn't want to talk to women. She will only talk to Steve. He's afraid of his mom mm. because he doesn't want her to know what he has done. And she's over there. That's why he wouldn't cross. I think he'd been into like some real criminal shit and stuff mm. like that. You know, like okay. this is a hardcore biker dude. So yeah. no tell, probably ran guns and drugs and no telling what else. And it somehow expired along the way. And, uh, didn't want his mom to know what all he'd been up to. Absolutely incredible. What he'd been into in life. Mm. I never said Steve's name. I never said, you know, I mean, just keep it, keep all this in mind how, what a miracle this is. I mean, there may be another word for it, but that's the only one I have at the point. So he won't, so now we need Steve's the go-between. And I'm like, well, what are we going to do? She goes, well, it's going to take me, you and, and Steve all together, putting our stuff together and our intent focusing our energy towards him and just whittle at him you know mm. he's talking but and now steve has started his g- dreams are changing and the guy is kind of like talking to him a little bit you know i mean right. a little bit now he's upright and kind of walking we put all our stuff together i had to get two other people i mean you're talking about somebody in canada somebody in scotland some two people in new jersey some guy in oregon and helping this guy god knows where they're working on him listen you gotta you know try to cross it's okay you can go in nothing but love and light nothing but love and light Mm -hmm. because he was really putting off this is his last chance and he didn't want to go he didn't want to go into a purgatory situation he was fighting it and I said, that's it. I'm calling his mother. Oh. And me and, <laughs> me and my good buddy, we put all our focus on that. Tell him the dream you had, Steve. Yeah, the final dream. Without him knowing. Because in the, the other dreams, like I said, he, he had gotten, it was weird because he was 
not under the tree, but he was still under the tree. The body was still under the tree. And toward the, the later dreams, I wouldn't even look under there in the dream because it was just so hideous. But I could kind of see him or sense him off to one side. Well, in the final dream, I saw him and he was there where all this had happened. I still didn't look under the tree to see what was under there, under those limbs that were hanging down. But I saw him walking off like up this abandoned road and he had a little old lady with him. He was, he was a big dude, probably six, three or something. Little, little old lady was with him and she had him by the arm. And I was thinking, dude, you're lucky she didn't grab you by the ear. When yeah. I found out what it was, it was his mom that he didn't know she had died. He wasn't sure if she was still alive, if she was dead, what oh, wow. he hadn't had touch with his family in a long time. I think he'd probably been in prison or something too. So no telling, yeah. but, um, but I, the, the last time I dreamed about him, he was walking off like into the light and just in silhouette. And he had a little, little lady, little white haired woman with him. It was his mom. She came and got him. Yeah, that's awesome. trip, that's why I said, I'm surprised is, she didn't grab him by the ear and say, come on, get over here. The whammy on that is that my friend and I had to get together to get his mom to send him over to cross because he wouldn't talk to us or her. Uh, she could right. see him, but she, he wouldn't converse. I hadn't been able to call Steve because I had to finish work that day and get home and his hours are so different than mine. I didn't, I had planned to call him the next day. He had the dream that night without knowing that we sent for his mom. We oh, never wow. mentioned it to him. We just That's said, we're going to go get him because we didn't want the other guy to know we were sending for his mom. We said any loved ones that are over there, I don't care if it's a, a, an old dog, which, you know, right. pets will come and get you. You know, or friend, a, a brother in the in the mm -hmm. in the you know in the the uh, motorcycle group he was with, whatever. You know, those are tight bonds. You know, you've been in the military. You yep. know, you got I got brothers. I'd still walk into hell with. Absolutely. You know, in a heartbeat. You know, and that's just the way it was. So I said, get them all. And he's he dreamed it that night before I could get to him and saw exactly what was going on. It's an amazing thing. It is. It's amazing because. Um, in the last year and a half, almost two years, I've been on a real uh, awakening and a spiritual journey in my life that um, I, 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 I don't buy Christianity. I, I, I just don't buy it. I buy, I do buy that there is a creator and us being energy beings and being energy, energy is absolute. So when our energy leaves our physical body, it goes somewhere. We, we're not sure where it goes. Um, but we go somewhere and mm -hmm. that energy still lives on mm -hmm. and whether or not we, we get reincarnated or we're just, we, we live in this other energy energy realm or whatever you want to call it. You know, to me that coming to that satisfaction and, and realization was more freeing than when I was younger and accepted Christ in my heart. And I know that can piss a lot of people off. And, and if, my, there are listeners that are Christian. I'm not going to knock you if it, that's what gives you comfort at the end of the day to to pass on. So be it. You know, believe in Jesus. Please do. That's just something I I, I struggle with because there, there's a, there's a lot of flaws in, in 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 the whole telling of the religion. Um, I do believe there are some historical because you're spiritual, you're not yes, religious. Steve and I are the same way. Most people we know are that way. Now, but now people do have more labels, I think, and that's great because you know, I know 
some of the things I battle and I don't ever really want to. Hi, Mulder. Hi, darling. <laughs> he heard you talking, Cisco. Hi, show baby. Say hi to you. Mulder, Mulder's a star, man. Yeah, I'm, uh, Mr. Dickens might name. come through here too. But see, that's that. That's it. You know, I had an elder tell me once. You know, I don't know why people get hung up on all. You know, what road they take. You know, on their journey because we all want to go to the same spot. I think mm -hmm. it's. I'm of the belief that it's all of it's true because if you look at the core of most things, it's you know love. Mm -hmm. love one another take care of your brother you're not you know you're your brother's keeper but keep an eye on them you know right. if they're down pick them up and they'll pick you know you're down they pick them up just you know treat others the way you want to be treated the golden rule and mm -hmm. i think that's found in a lot of spiritualities a lot of religions you know it's found in you know a lot of native american traditions mm -hmm. and tribal traditions and going way back i mean steve and i know, were talking about that on the so first back. hour absolutely um, absolutely going way back you know I, all of it i relate way more closely to a native american or a first nations approach to a creator and um a, a spirituality than i than i do um being a modern day christianity or or islam or, or buddhism or whatever mm -hmm. you know but like you said they they all are connected to a degree you know what i mean mm -hmm. the energy <clears throat> and the love and the core and the source mm -hmm. you know and, you know, whether it, one, a lot of them bring nature in, you know, if you don't take yeah. care of nature, it's not going to take care of you, if you take too much. I mean, one of the rules in, in, in at least the traditions I was taught was even collecting herbs, you take one third, yep. you know, one third is left to happenstance and the, the other one is left to, um, you know, to uh, go on, mm -hmm. you know, or else you can't go and take it all. I do there's not going to be any. Yep. When I you know, but it's common sense as well as being kind. And if right. you notice, there's a lot of common sense um, things and a lot of uh, morals and traditions and whatever you want to call it. It's just kindness and being and having common sense and not destroying something that you're going to need. I mean, even a virus knows that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, even a virus is a parasite and needs a host. And if it kills the host completely. It, you know it's it not how it kills itself it's suicide so that's why when a, a, you usually when a virus goes back forth you catch a common cold usually gets weaker or changes so it doesn't do the same thing again yep. or kill but the if host you listen to mainstream media they'll have you believe in the complete opposite yeah well you stronger. know science doesn't change and nature doesn't change i mean nature is always trying to find a way i got raccoons that could probably drive my car out mm -hmm. back there's <laughs> a reason for that you know, I've seen them do hooks. I've seen them do the, the latches I have a problem with. I'll tell you the God's honest truth. I had a thing of, uh, I told Steve this, hummingbird food. It's just red syrup dyed, mm -hmm. dyed watery syrup. That's all it is. It's sugary water. Yeah. And it would, had a cap on it with those childproof caps. I had a problem getting off. Raccoons out here, I got five or six raccoons that come out and live on a wildlife preserve right off the water. Raccoons come out of the woods at night for my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yes, I feed everybody. <laughs> Screw you if you don't agree. I just yeah. feed everybody. Everybody, I'm going to be well taken care of in the afterlife. That's all. I mean, I have lots of friends over there. That. But uh, so anyway, uh, they took off the cap, drank half of it, spilled the bunch, put the cap back on, crooked, but put the cap back on. That's crazy. So, right. but why? <laughs> You go back 50 years, raccoons couldn't do that. They've had to adapt. Mm -hmm. 
to survive because we keep taking it away, taking it away and pushing more into theirs. And now yeah. they're running out. And I really feel horrible about that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think differently. You know, people, the bears come into the development. No, you put a bear into the, you put a development into the bear's territory, yeah, you know, without compensating for it. And now you're angry at the bear because he's going through your garbage cans. You know, you know, Native Americans didn't have that problem. They 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 worked it out. Mm-hmm. I just uh, finished a, a book. Steve and I did one together, and then he inspired me to write this uh, another story. And in there, I've got about um, the native tradition of how we talked about Bigfoot and Sasquatch or whatever, where they were kind of one with nature and they used to have, they'd put gifts out on their boundaries. Yeah, This is a trip, but it was cool to hear as a respect for, you know, in this case, it was Bigfoot, the things in the woods or other animals this is ours one with nature and we've gotten away from that a lot oh, we have Causing a lot of problems you know and, and, and like i was telling steve i i go out foraging for uh edible wild mush- mushrooms not the hallucinogenic kind or whatever but even like you said watch out for like, portals <laughs> right steve yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh We'll have to we'll have to talk on that here in a Watch second. Watch out for portals. Um, but when I when I come across you know the certain mushrooms, you know, I I always pat them, you know, so they drop their spores. But I only ever take like a third, and then I I think and this is going to sound hippy dippy, but I thank the tree stump and the mushroom for for providing and move on to the next. Well, that's what you're supposed to do, native. Yeah. That's the first thing you do when you do sage. Everybody forgets that in our tradition. Again, way I was taught. Now, usually when I talk about Native American stuff, I'll get comments or whatever. Go, well, you know, I'm, you know, Apache, such and such, and yada yada. We don't do. I'm not saying for all Native Americans. Just what I was taught in our tradition was when you take the sage stick, which is usually white sage, or sometimes it's sweet grass and um lavender may be mixed in there but most of the time you know if you're doing for cleansing and stuff it's it's a white sage and you thank the herb for you know you thank your creator for giving you the herb you thank the herb for giving its uh properties and its healing qualities and its energy to help you you know because that's what you're using it for to cleanse your area out to to you know cleanse all as much of the negative energy out of the how does that happen i don't know you know i've had people tell me well herbs aren't going to do anything you know and i'm this and i'm that you know and i'm like okay well tell me what you know tell me what's you know what you do believe in you know and and things like that or they'll say it's against uh religion or it's against this and i go hold on a minute i've been to catholic mass and i've seen the 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 father coming down the the aisle with the brass ball swinging it back and forth and smoke coming out of it. What do you think is in that ball? It's a mixture of herbs. Mm -hmm. And the same time there's tribes on other continents doing the same thing and going back for a thousand years and using the same herb for the same type thing. And that's always blown my mind Mm -hmm. because how did they know? And how are they using it for the same? Now, Chinese may have used, like, say, ginger for five different things than this continent did, but they'll combined in some way. Right. And now, because of all this global internet and being able to 
instant back and forth information, now we found even more things and they're finding out even more cures by accident or otherwise for all these different things. And it's, it's amazing how fast it goes. But the same way when you said that it was refreshing to talk about your paranormal experience, you go back to when Steve and I were 10 years old mm. and had already been, you know, at least knee deep in experiences. Yeah. And who did we get to talk to, to about Nobody. it? Nobody. Or, you know, if you're lucky enough to have people, you know, Steve had a self yeah, my, my grandmother had one went. grandmother that would talk about stuff because she was into all that. And then uh, Fate Magazine, that was my yeah. go-to as a mm -hmm. kid. That was really so the only true. paranormal. God, I love that little book. That little yeah, magazine was a tiny, smaller than Reader's Digest. Digest size, yeah. Filled was, with, oh, amazing things. The covers were always Fate. amazing. And big book stories and ghosts and mm -hmm. UFOs. F-A-T-E, Fate. Okay. Golly, it was great. I'm too young to remember that. But. Oh gosh, it was so good. You know, I forgot it's still about around. that. I'm uh, was one I found. That, uh, owns a magazine. Now asked me to write something, and send it in. I need to, to do that. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, that would be something. You get in that. You know, that that'd be a. That, that right was here. my go-to well, my Bible when I was a kid. And mm. I couldn't wait for Fate Magazine. I subscribed to it, and nice. come in the mail. You know, it's like, oh my god. Gosh, I was never lucky to have, you know, I had to go back and find it back and forth, but that's just it. Catch as catch can, you know, you'd have like maybe sightings and um, unsolved mysteries might have a ghost special or something like that, but mm -hmm. that was it. I mean, I even remember going to the library. I was uh, multiple crazy circumstances in my family. I wound up having nine sisters and brothers, but being the only child <laughs> with me and my mom taking off, going across all over the country and stuff. But she was a single woman trying to get a better job, better place to live, all this other stuff. She kept moving forward, and that made me a new kid in school a lot. So mm. books were my friends, and I always first thing I'd hit the library, you know, and especially the library in the school and in the town. And she dropped me off this one time out front. She says, now hurry up, go in there and get the books you want to get. Get your library card because it's a new place. You know, I get mm -hmm. a new library card. And, but hurry up, I'm waiting. So I go running in and I'm in a big hurry. And I, that back then you had what was called the Dewey Decimal System. And that's what the, it was. I tried to remember that on a previous <laughs> episode. I'm like, we had this because I put the books, books away at, at the, the yeah. library. And I'm like, they have this system, you know, and I, I was like, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on the it. card catalog. You pull out this big long. Yeah. Drawer. And I'm like, yep. we just have Google now. So, you know, <laughs> I couldn't remember the Dewey. De and I remember oh. sitting there having to learn the Dewey Decimal System. Yep. And I, yeah. To be honest with you, I hated it because it was like so complicated. But when you look back at it now, index it, was, cards. It, was, it was so simple. Going through the index card. Yep. Going through. Well, that's what I was trying to do in a hurry because I've been to so many libraries. I kind of knew my way around them, even if it was a new one. And I wasn't hitting it. I was trying to find like, you know, paranormal section. Uh, you know, I forget what it was called back then. I think I was looking for parapsychologists. You know, that was. Parapsychology kind of and the cult or something like that. That was it. That's all you had. And I went and I asked her because what usually happened to me was I'd find like Halloween ghost stories. They'd be for kids. I'd get home and be disappointed because they mm -hmm. were the things that go bump in the night kind of things that the stories made up and little poetry and stuff. I didn't want that. I wanted real ghost stories. So I ran up to her, to the librarian who was your exactly what you think of when you, you know, think of stereotypical librarian, the butt tight bum with the, the glasses with the, you know, necklace around the glasses kind of thing, the sweater. 
And I said, ma'am, I'm sorry. I know we're supposed to look this stuff up ourselves, but I'm really looking. I can't find a book. Can you help me? What do you need? I'm looking for true ghost stories. And she looks at me. She takes down her glasses like this, slides them down her nose, leans in (laughs) and says, young lady, there are no true ghost stories. (laughs) <laughs> oh, really? I'm like, bitch, I got news for you. Just, yeah, anytime I ever saw those I chains on somebody's glasses or the string, yeah. you knew they were going to be a problem. Uh-huh. I'm I just they, old they enough make to... you take a test or something. And, mm-hmm. and if you're a butthole, they're like, okay, here, you can wear this around your glasses. Yeah. yeah. I'm just yeah. old enough to remember that. I had yep. I had teachers that had the chains and the yeah. cat eye glasses. And, and they had the sweater and they had, if, yep. if they were cool, they had that other thing that, you know, held the sweater on them. Mm-hmm. But, it just <laughs> but anyway, it was the style. It was, you know, then if I was 10, that was like, you know, early 70s, you know, whatever. But that was the thing. But here we are. That's not far that far away. You know, you're mid 70s. And, you know, just like you said, you know, uh, the change now we're talking about, we're sitting here, three the strangers on a podcast talking about ghost stories and experiences mm-hmm. and things like that. That's, that's amazing. That difference. And it is freeing to talk about it. That's why Steve's got the, you know, his, uh, shows and tells his stories and he tells, you know, uh, uh Steve started out telling, retelling stories that he was told as a kid that he gathered out of Tennessee and, the old lore and you know the history and you know whether it's you know a thing that goes bump in the night that you you know your grandma used to tell you to keep you in bed at night mm-hmm. or you know was it really something in your closet or you know was that an imaginary friend I was playing with when I was little you know or was that a ghost or right. you know what and putting all that stuff in so the stories won't be lost and he talked me into writing the book same reason except it was my personal experiences What's the name of that book? It's called We Are All Children in the Wilderness of the Afterlife, a guided tour to a haunted life. Cisco mm. likes those long titles. <laughs> I do, man. <laughs> it took I me do. like a year to be able to say that and not trip. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take all the words. Yeah. Just, I love just them. to tease the, the the guests that are or the yeah, the, the audience that's listening, Cisco's going to be coming back on at a later date. And uh talking with her, she already named gave me the the title of the episode (laughs) just by asking hey what do you want to talk about (laughs) yeah it's the most important thing at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. To me, man, because I it think, is. I think the thing is, is if you could just back off the, you know, the craziness of it. I mean, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people who, their passion for this is to try to catch um, evidence or try to catch, and 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 again, that's cool. I love that, you know. Um, and learning about that, and you know, why does novelist work? And you know, I've, I've, I, that's. It's not my strong suit because I'm not a techie, but I love to hear about it and I want to understand how it works. I myself, if I use anything, use dowsing rods because I understand, you know, how they work. Um, But that's their passion. And I love that because they're finding out stuff. And I love the people who share. You've got that para-unity kind of thing. I love that. I love experiments like, you know, Steve and I talked about with the Titanic thing because why not? I mean, man, it's heartbreaking to me when I hear a story that this thing went down. Now, if you want to get in conspiracies, I can go mm. off on some Titanic stuff. That's and, what this show's all about. about Jek- <laughs> Jekyll Island and everything else and how, you know, these people were basically doomed from before they ever took off. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it, the heartbreaking thing is so many of them are still lingering. Yeah. You know, they left a lot of innocent such an emotional. Yes. That, that passed away due to the yeah the, the money the big the, yeah the big bankers the big money, money. Yep. yeah money. You know, get, get them but, all on board so oh, they could yeah, yeah. money jp morgan and everything else yep. his his stuff his suitcases and stuff went down but he he got a last minute uh high yo and got out of there mm-hmm. so i mean because he was going to vote for it so i mean we could go down that for as long as you want but the thing that breaks my heart is when ships pass by um the wreckage off of uh, Newfoundland, mm-hmm. many reports of orbs dancing above the wreckage in the night above the the ocean floor. Orbs dancing. Yeah, that's yeah. people going, "Hey, heartbreaking. Hey, energy <laughs> trying to find what about me. Home. Can you help me?" Such an emotional uh, thing, you know. And again, I don't ever want a listener to to think that what I'm saying is, you know, if you if you go out in an emotional impact, like say, is a car accident or an airplane crash or anything like that, there are no rules, people. No, you know, there are no rules. I mean, multiple people, you know, that go like that, go at, cross right over. I'm never saying that you're going to get stuck in a situation like that. However, it's higher volume. You know, for mm-hmm. people that go out confused when you go out drunk or out under some kind of drugs or, you know, in an accident or emotional turmoil, it can happen. But I, I think see different I think, things in the same plane crash. I'm sorry not to cut you off, but that's a telling, that's a very teaching thing there. In a small plane crash of say, I hate to say small, but, you know, like say 50 people or 25 people, and you've got seven ghosts with medium standing there. And three of them have no idea they're dead, nor are they aware of each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you've got one who knows he's dead, but he can't leave there and doesn't understand why. You know, you've got different ones in the same accident. So I don't ever want a grieving parent or, or a grieving friend, brother, sister, whatever, 
to think that you know every suicide gets stuck or every accident gets stuck, that's complete garbage please don't ever believe that no. because that just adds to the grief you and know i'm kind of under the the belief that um people that that do get stuck and are are confused on whether if they're dead or they, they, they don't know why they can't pass is because they never really figured out in, in when they were in their physical form that we are spiritual energy. And then when this physical energy dies, our spiritual energy does move on to somewhere else. And I think if they don't realize that, that is what's holding them back. That's just my humble opinion as you know, could be true, um, you know, just some dumb guy in, you know, Pennsylvania. So, <laughs> but, but we all are. Yeah. And that's the whole point of the title of the book. We are all children in the wilderness. The afterlife is the last frontier. We don't know. Anybody says they know that they know is either misinformed or, you know, knows more than I do. Right. And I've been, I've only been looking into this for what, about 47, 48 years. Right. And I know this much. I think I know this much. I believe I know it's just things you're comfortable with. But again, it's going to go on your personal beliefs. What's important to you? Mm -hmm. Again, go back to the uh, what the elder told me. Why are we so hung up on what road we take? We're all going to the same place. If we are all energy. But just because it's the same place does not mean we perceive it the same. Correct. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe your own personal heaven is how you perceive. Do you ever see the five people you meet in heaven or read the book? Wonderful book, wonderful novel. And every person that he saw had their own, when he stepped into their reality, their perception, one was a beach, one liked to go to weddings all the time. You know, sometimes they went to a cabin and fish, you know, and then I've heard things from the other side. Of multiple messages myself and the people that I trust and when I say I trust these people you know are so uh, connected um, in that trust brother you know thing for years and tried and true and they tell me the same thing that it's it's basically what you perceive it to be however there are rules what they are we don't have a, a thing like certain people meaning had a cat pass he died the last couple of weeks he lived he had a lip because he had a little bit of stroke and then it got worse and worse and passed when he jumped on the bed every single night i could tell it was him right away not only because of the timing of it we had three cats at the time two were my husband he would walk up a certain way on the bed and curl up in uh, the back legs, you know, as my husband was turning, that's where he slept. He was his cat before I met him. That was their routine. 24 hours after he died, I feel the climb up. The difference being, I knew right away who it was without moving. The difference was when he used to climb up on the bed, it was step, step, hop, step, 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 hop, step. Now it was step, 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 step. He was healed. Somehow he had crossed and came back visiting. That's what I call it. Other people might have different terms, but I call them visitation, you know, because they've crossed and come back. And he had changed. He was healed from his earthly burden. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I've got multiple humans that have done the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. But that's just a cat. That's a pet. That's an animal. Mm-hmm. It, it, without all the human holdbacks, because I've come to believe animals don't have that, right, Steve? Yeah. They have an easier time of it, I believe. Oh, absolutely. But they yeah. come back to check on us. And that's what they do in life. So why would they change? It's oh, so cool. Yeah. I mean, so cool. I have I have two dogs and our, our, my, my big, we call him the big dog, the big red machine, our, our Duffy, you know, he's, Hard, uh, man. yeah, he's, he's, his mom was French Mastiff and Rottweiler and his dad was a, a really big black lab, the biggest baby, just so, but very, not protective to the point where he's going to attack a stranger, but like. You know, if he sees someone walking by the property or whatever, he will bark. He won't go chase after him, but, you know, he'll let him know, hey, you know, I'm here, you know, don't you dare come in because my bark's worse than my bite. Because if you actually do come up to me, I'm just going to yeah. sit here, wag my tail and hope you pet me and, and, and rub me. But mm-hmm. I don't want other people to know that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then I have a trained walker coonhound and the, the total difference in the way both of them interact with us. It is amazing because they're their own personality. You know, he's the big lovey bear and my train walker coonhound, he will be lovey on his time. You know what uh-huh. I mean? He's not a big kisser. He, uh-huh. he will cuddle. He loves mommy time. They, they both fight. You know, he, my big dog's 140 pounds and has to lay across my wife's lap. You know, he's, he's a big laptop. And then the coonhound will get, jealous and he has to get up there and sit on mom and it's funny it's it's an every night ritual but i would be lost without either one of them and mm-hmm. i know, and they know that yes and i know, they if, know once they i it's it's obvious that one day mm-hmm. they will pass i do believe they will still come back because i have pets that i've loved even when i was a kid that mm-hmm. i don't know maybe just had a feeling that you know you know, you get a memory and maybe that memory is them coming back just to say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm just checking on you. You may not see yeah. me, you may not feel me physically, but that memory that I'm creating for you right now is me saying, Hey, thank you. And I still love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they do, they come back. I mean, multiple stories, multiple stories. I've got really good friends who are animal communicators, both, you know, living and dead, the animals not the communicators but um you know it's it's fascinating i've been knocked off my chair with information and one of the best things i ever got is if you lose somebody um you know everybody's got labels so when steve and i talk or do shows we say look man the thing is i don't care if you call them angels spirit guides you know past loved ones elders ancestors you know i'm of the mind that it's all true you know what I mean? You know, I think everything's all connected in some way. How? I don't know. I can't deny, in, uh, you know, aliens, extra dimensionals, cryptids. I mean, how in the world are you going to say I believe in Bigfoot, but you don't believe in Dogman? You right. know what I mean? Or exactly. the possibility or, of it. Or, or here, I'll, I'll reverse an it and, and really piss people off. How can you say you can believe in Jesus Christ and not Bigfoot or a ghost or, or, a ghost. or anything? Any of it. Any you know, of it. You've never yeah. seen Jesus. But mm-hmm. you're going to sit here and mock somebody that, that, that said they, they saw a yeah. ghost and, and had all these paranormal activities that, that went on and they were attacked and had physical you know, oh, scratches yeah. and, 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 and just 
mental drain and to then, the point where they want to commit made a suicide. victim again after the fact that nobody you know and then some people get so obsessed with it they can't get away from it that it keeps coming back but there's all of that in this i yeah. mean this thing is so deep in so many directions i mean you know i love tesla and you know the thoughts of the different dimensions and they say he got up to 12 and you know possible 13 and he had no intent on stopping no. i mean i've got friends who um practitioners of uh gosh she was direct descendant of madame Laveau in uh voodoo and people get voodoo and hoodoo mixed up and you know you know the difference between this and santeria and you know say this over here that everybody's caught up in those labels and the differences this is your difference whether it's religion or you know whether it's buddha or jesus or confucius or Mm-hmm. any of it or ghosts or aliens or ufos it's what you believe and what you're ready to understand at this point in time in your journey what your consciousness can accept if you're in the third dimension and you're this two-dimensional person when you go back and forth you got your head down and it's in your phone and you go to work you punch in you go home you you know you crack a beer you sit down you turn on the same show to get up and keep repeat lather rinse repeat you've shut off your even your third dimensional world, let alone all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've got people who tell me, well, there's no reason for, there is no purgatory or in between or that dark place that people wander. Please don't tell me that because I've had people go in there to get people that were stuck. Yeah. You, You know what I mean? I've known people of every label that has helped others. Mm-hmm. in that situation you know um these are very real things and whether it's your mind that puts you there as in what dreams may come steve and i reference that a lot i don't know anything that's been put together better that explains that part of it but the point was that the husband um someone came back i think it was an angel or spirit guide whatever came back and told him look your wife's stuck in this purgatory and she's only got so much time i don't know about the time thing but she's so depressed and blames herself for your daughter's death that she's put herself in this darkness and eventually she's going to succumb to it some people will call that hell some people will call that hell your own personal hell Mm -hmm. and he went in and he broke that immediately with love because he reached in he said the right thing and he went in there and he talked to her i know people who have done that on both sides Mm. and call me crazy you know but it's the same thing it's the same thing we started talking about with energy it's like why would chocolate make a difference yeah Uh, for negativity to not attach to me well you eat chocolate it raises your endorphins it's the same type of endorphins you get when you exercise or you have sex or an orgasm or anything else it's an energy mm -hmm. change in your body that's why people like eating it it's not just taste good but you feel good whether it's a sugar rush or whatever But it changes that, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's a difference, but it's also a love injection. What we did for who we called Cool Breeze, who ended up calling this motorcycle uh, man in in (laughs) Steve's buddy, Cool Breeze, because every time I got in the car after his phone calls, every single time, three times in a row, when we were first getting started, I said, I don't know, Steve, it might not be, but to convince me whether it was him a spirit guide, an elder, an angel, again, for whatever reason, the same song would be playing at some portion throughout that song on the radio I was listening to. Granted, it was classic rock. What are the chances? 
Right. You're going to hear, they call me the breeze. Yeah. So I said, either that's a song he liked, he wants to be called The Breeze, whatever. So we called him The Breeze. Started calling him that, and he didn't seem to mind, so. Looking for clues in the song, even. You know, I mean, just yeah. your intent. But again, <laughs> you're talking to somebody who stood on a battlefield on Halloween night, 150th anniversary of Gettysburg. Mm. Out of nowhere. Unplanned, done, showed up there. And I'm talking to seven soldiers who died there 150 years ago is a right time right place right amazing. intent and and they were ready to listen that's amazing they were ready to listen i was put there and i was put there because i either their people got with my people and said this crazy person here is willing to do this <laughs> we'll pester her on it because they did steve didn't they send me all kinds of clues every time i said nah, i'm not gonna go maybe next year yeah. i get like a coupon for the <laughs> hotel room just the amount of money i needed you know or this is how they work man i yeah. can't explain it but i think it's all connected i mean steve you're of the same mind right yeah yeah absolutely there's a you know like the string theory whatever they call it where everything is uh connected to some degree or some level you know like on the the earth mysteries and stuff, the ley lines and things like that. I think our minds are connected and have those strands too. And well, not yeah. only our, our living conscious, but our subconscious and whatever exists after this plane or on another plane. Genetic memory. Genetic memories is a good one. You get all that together, you know, along with stuff like the stone tape theory and where emotions and thoughts can leave impressions. And uh, lingering stuff, then you all that together, and that's just a perfect storm for stuff like this to manifest. Mm -hmm. so, and also, there's portals in national parks. So, <laughs> bringing it back, back to portals, that uh, very good segue. You're a professional. Um, explain to me these portals with mushrooms that I need to be looking out for well there seems to be an awful lot of people disappeared in national parks i mean right. i think you know everybody's heard you know the 411 and steve mm -hmm. is much more uh, on this than i am the only reason i get involved in this is like steve and i are, when i was writing the book i had to consult with steve a lot because he does i don't know how many stories a day this channel puts out the best quality uh information on the, the you know it's not just a certain cluster or type of missing person mm -hmm. it's if you went missing, nearly missed, missed and came back, missed and never heard from again, whatever, they're going to tell you about it. They're going to do it with love and intent and detail and kindness uh, right. and respect for those who were missing and, and the families, because there's still people. What a horrible thing to go through to never have an end, you know, whatever. But my uh, people, I can remember hearing I had a grandmother would take me out much like Steve's taught him. Uh, they pick the one that's going to listen, just like spirit guides, trust me. Yeah. So th she's taking me out in the woods and she's telling me, explaining the herbs. And she did it very quietly because she was born in 1890. And we're talking about early 60s, late 60s at this point. And she still felt the need to whisper mm -hmm. in America and New Jersey because she had been raised as a child that if they found you're Native American, bad things can happen to you. Let's put it that way. And um she was almost had to hide her heritage and uh her mother of course did the same you know each generation got a little freer with it my mother 
with a little more freedom, a little prouder and a little bit easier to speak in a crowd of, you yeah. know, uh, and admit to such a thing or, or be part of a joke or put the joke out there first. Like I can remember at something called it Kickapoo Joy Juice. And I was like, what is that? And that was something that was <laughs> off of a uh, little Abner, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. See, way back in the day. Yeah. But, uh, you know, she, she was talking about little things like that, admitting she was native. And I thought that was really cool. And of course, by the time you get to me, well, yeah. hell, I'll put it right out front where I can keep an eye on it because, you know, this is my heritage and we'd just rather not be extinct. So there you go. I might not, it, 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 this mind might not mesh with, you know, something else, but again, the core, the kindness, the love, you know, taking care of each other because we, you're eventually going to go down on the strongest warrior hits hits his knees every once in a while you know and the whole thing about that is how we're supposed to not just take care of nature but take care of each other and uh we've lost that in a lot of ways i think we're starting to get that back and i think it's out of sheer desperation of survival at this point but you know it's kind of like drowning you're all cocky down at the deep end of the pool things get a little rough and then you start (laughs) grabbing onto something to hold on to and that's kind of where we're at right now and you know it's no different uh steve than growing up in the hills of tennessee same thing community was uh part of you you knew everybody and everybody knew your business but there was a good side to that too you know they looked out for one another if somebody saw somebody that wasn't or where they weren't supposed to be you know they would let Mm -hmm. you know you just Mm -hmm. didn't get by with much but you had help when you needed it too Mm -hmm. we come from a generation you outside playing you know, you, you screw up. Well, you might get your butt spanked from the neighbor down the street. And she'd call your mama before you came home. And, and got your mama give you another one. <laughs> I think, I, think I was one. the last generation of that because I, uh-huh. I know I got spanked by my friends. But there was you a know? difference, man. There was yeah. a difference. We weren't so afraid of each other. Everybody helped each other out. Yep. I mean, I'm big on you talking about the Waltons. I still think we should be living like that. Yeah. Why in the hell we're putting four week old babies in daycare and our elderly parents yeah. in nursing homes? Never, I'll never get no. it because in the nature culture, being an elder getting to that point is is something to be revered and there's a wisdom yes. to be shared there and you can't share that if you're not there all the time you know just like parents and it, it's just think about it you know and that's the way it is and like when you were saying about religion and spirituality whether you're talking about that or you're talking about the paranormal supernatural again it's all connected we're all connected we're all energy you know, For sure. if you think about a vast ocean, you can take a bucket of water out of that ocean and you can put your hand in that bucket and you can flick that water droplets in every direction. Is it still not a part of the source? Mm-hmm. You know, when you boil water, when you boil that sucker long enough, you're going to look in that pot and you're going to have a burnt bottom pot and it's going to mm-hmm. be empty. Where'd the water go? Does it not exist anymore? We're very similar to that, I believe. And when we take with us, we take what holds us down and holds us back. Seems to be heavy, man. You know, it's the heavy thoughts. It's the heavy emotions. It's the hate. It's the jealousy. It's the ignorance. It's the the foreboding. It's the I wish I did and I should have had. And it's all those different things. That's what people like to put in these little phrases that are so easy to roll off the tongue. They stayed back. For unfinished business yeah. it's my experience and in steve's experience it's been those lower vibrational things or those fears whether it be that we've pounded under our head in black and white and like spiritual 
uh, the religions that were available to uh, say Civil War era young men that I'm talking to on the battlefield, I got to talk to them and think about where's their head at on this? Because right. they were told if you did bad, you went to hell. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. they just got done beating the hell out of somebody with a shovel over and over and over again or shot and it's all his brother killed. I mean, just any battle. Yeah. And now they have these beliefs and they're hanging back. And this one man I was talking to, man, I'll share this one part of the conversation with you because it showed me so much. It taught me so much was I'm getting this energy and I've got, I've got them standing up and listening. And I called to the, to the um, highest ranking officer. Cause I was running out of time here. We had to go quick, quick, quick. I've got dousing rods in my hand, a flashlight at my foot and an e- uh, EMP meter. And every time I asked a question, it was yes. Dousing rods would cross the flashlight would go on and back off and the EMF meter would go up and down. These guys knew what they were doing. They happened to be on a field where they got every hour on the hour ghost tours coming through and people asking them important questions like, what was the war like? And what's it like to be shot? Yeah, I can't really yeah. If I was dead, I would be pissed off at questions oh, well, like that. See, this is the thing. This is why they don't want to talk to you. Anybody that goes into a haunted house, trust me, every house is haunted. Every piece of land is haunted. There's somebody around mm-hmm. somewhere. One in case you talked about yeah. where the guy got punched in the stomach. Right. For whistling Dixie on the wrong side of the battlefield. Mm-hmm. The day before. <laughs> so I got a thing about that provoking and stuff. And I go in with a different intent. And I'm kind of like, look, man, I know I don't look like it, but I'm a soldier. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I know, I know, you know, and, I ple- and I'm sorry for wearing pants. I mean, you have to think about who you're talking to and right. the language you're using and what's your perception. I mean, respect, you know. So we're doing that. And the whole time I've got what I think. I feel like seven separate energies standing in front of me and one behind doing this with a figure eight, like a figure eight pattern, like they're pacing and they're agitated, they're aggravated and their energy's coming off. And I focus over there and I'm hearing this, like, what are you listening to? They come in here. They do, you know, I'm hearing this kind of like, you know, why are you spending time talking to her? Because the thing is, is people promise things, knock on the, the table and, you know, We'll do this or, you know, do right. this all performing monkeys here. Mm-hmm. It, 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 think about it. So they're agitated they're aggravated. And I focused on him and I said, I've got these guys listening. Why don't you come over here? You know, like, you know, form up. Let's go. You know, let's go. Dress right dress kind of thing. I'm trying yep. to get military on them. I, he's listening. I get his attention. And I said, baby, what's your problem? You know, literally just like that. Maybe what's your problem? Talk to me. Why aren't you listening to me? Read my intent and understand. And you have to get them. You're not giving them permission to use your energy. I'm giving them permission to read my energy. Okay. Difference. Read my intent. Do what? Do, are you picking up that I'm lying? Are you picking up that I'm telling you the truth? I'm here to help you. This is your chance. Come on. You know, and I had already gone through. I'm a soldier. I understand what you did. You did your duty. You had to do what you did to survive. Please forgive yourself. You know, you're a soldier. I've been a soldier. I understand. We're doing that. Right. And he looks at me and I said, come on. You know, I said, let's, I got to connect you into this. We're talking about love at this point when he started doing this, because I was trying to get him to remember what a hug felt like or what it felt to care about your brother standing next to you. We were there. And he looks at me and he says, I felt it. I felt him face to face looking at me. I didn't see him, but I felt him. 
He says, who could love me? Who could love me? I've done this and I've done this. And he starts on these, he's spitting this memories. I can feel his devastation and his self-hatred. And I said, that's it. I said, this is, it. listen, you did everything you did for the man standing next to you. I understand that. Okay. You went through a horrific time, but I'm here to tell you, along with your brother standing next to you, that we understand there are people that you miss that are over there that you fought with. That connection that you had with your, your feathered fellow soldiers, that's love, man. Focus on that. Right. Because he was telling me he was an orphan. He lied about his age. I mean, I'm getting all this so fast. He had nobody. Mm. And when I connected him to the other soldiers and I connected him, I said, did you ever have a dog that you just loved? And he, his energy changed until he remembered. I said, let's focus there. That's love. Mm -hmm. To try to reteach a warrior that has been through battle what it feels like to remember love again is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Oh, absolutely. The only time it was ever harder was when I had to talk to an eight-year-old girl who had been gone for 112 years. And she was playing with her stair brother, little younger brother on the stairs. And she had another older sister that was upstairs getting a bath. And she was supposed to watch him and he fell and he died. Not only did she live through seeing her brother go down the stairs and break his neck, a baby brother. Right. But her mother, who was suffering from probably bipolar and postmortem because she had just had another baby. There was like mm -hmm. four kids, five kids in the house. Ooh, snapped. And to punish her, drowned her in the tub Ooh, and threw her down the stairs. And when I was called into this room, there was already mediums and, and some other people working, energy workers working with this spirit. It was a very haunted house, and very long story, but I was called, Cisco! I came and I sat down in the chair and I immediately connected with her. And I had to take her back to playing outside with her eyes closed, I had to get her to put herself in that self-perceived mm. visual mm -hmm. to remember what it was to play like outside and feel the sun on her shoulders and on the back of her head, the warmth and connect mm. her from that feeling to what it feels like to get a hug because she didn't know love other than her little brother, older sister, and a nanny that took care of her. But she was so not trusting because her mother drowned her in the tub. Imagine what that's like to go through an eight-year-old looking through the water and at, at a face that's supposed to love you. That, mm. But she crossed that night and an entire room. Now that's nothing beautiful. but tears. That's but it took the whole room to bring that light in there and connect her across. And she has since come back to the people in that house and said she, everything's cool. She's good to go. She's she wanted to come back because it was somebody else there that she wanted to help cross. And that's what they do. Mm. There's this whole world going on around us that we're missing. And it's so profound and it's so part of us. And we separate ourselves in it. Cause like I said, with that, you know, you got that almost not even third degree outlook on life. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Where you can see in the third dimension 
you know, but if you can get in a 40,000 foot view, man, and you can see this beautiful picture of, you know, the balance of nature coming through from a seed to a tree, to a seed, to a tree, you know, just all of it. It's so gorgeous. And somebody's got the wheel to this somewhere. There's rules somewhere. Mm -hmm. There there's, I don't know what, what they are. I don't know. I don't pretend to know, but I know what I've seen. I know what I've experienced. I know what I've felt, you know, and if it was my loved one, when she wants somebody to care enough to cross them, I mean, it kills me when people, and the opposite is true. I mean, I hate to be long on this, but it's such a profound subject. You, you think of the next thing, next thing. <laughs> Take so your time. The opposite is true. I've sat next to people that said, I'm so glad I'm done with that bastard. Living with him was horrible. And he's this and he's that. And he's rotten to the kids. And he's, let me tell you, honey, it ain't over. No. He's sitting right next to me. Because that hate and that horrid stuff that you're saying and you won't let it is keeping them right next to you. And I don't think your journey cycles are over yet until you fix it now. Yep. And there's people that are much more prolific on that subject than I am. But I'm telling you, there's a whole lot more to this and we're missing it just by being denying the butterfly at that time, denying the song that comes on the radio, you know, or knowing, you know, somebody's going to call and you pick it up, it, it rings and it's them or that thought connection. The very same way you can connect with the living now and that happens with, you know, the phone's going to ring or somebody's going to knock on the door and you know it. Yep. Is the way you connect with the dead as well. Because when you talk about them and you you remember them and you're hanging that ornament on the Christmas tree this year. Mm -hmm. And you remember that was grandma's ornament. And you're talking about her. She hears you, darling. Yeah. And we, because they come back and they tell us that all the time. And that, that, that's beautiful that you actually just said that because <clears throat> my wife, um, her, her, her grandparents and um, what have used to make a lot of ceramic um, ornaments for Christmas and mm -hmm. her Nana, that was her mom's mom. Okay. Um, I was privy enough to actually be a part of her last 13 years on this earth. And she was born in 1920 or 20, uh, 21. So I would always, and she saw. oh, and I would sit down because I love history and I would always talk to her. And I, I think her and I had, kind of a unique relationship because I always took care of her and, and always felt like, like, even when we went out to dinner, I would, I would always, you know, nope, Nana's my date, you know, nice. you can go back there, babe. You know, uh, I got Nana and I'd sit there and just pick her brain about, you know, what was it like, you know, she grew up in Frederick, Maryland, you know, Southern and her, her parents were, you know, a little bit well to do, but, you know, she would tell me stories of, of, of going out and taking like a, like a butter knife and clearing the weeds out of each individual little mm -hmm. thick grout around, around the brick and everything. And what it was like to, to see the first TV, to see the first mm -hmm. car, to, mm -hmm. you know, all these firsts. Yeah. And, and even up until her, her, her end days. And, and when my wife, she had at that time had quit her job to take care of you know, her Nana as a personal um, home health care. And uh, 
she knew it, it, it was getting real close to to the end and i said can i go and at least say goodbye and she goes she goes goes you, you can't do that and i said why she goes you won't be able to to handle it and deal with it because i i i struggle um i was with my my ex-wife back in the day um we found her mother dead and this house was haunted <laughs> come, come to speak of it um i do remember one night we we woke up at the bed was shaken and the the one little stand was sitting there shaking and then it just stopped that was the only two things in the, the whole house that, that shook and they found like a baby baby dolls buried with its head down and in, in the other half of the house and what have you but long story short i said yeah i'll go up and you know say my goodbyes i said can you at least please stay with me and this is before i ever knew i was an empath i just i just knew i could pick up on things. I, I didn't know what it was called i didn't you know whatever i had paranormal experiences you know prior to that and what have you but uh went up there and you know she, she had passed in her in, in her sleep and I, I i went to say goodbye and i realized that my ex-wife uh, never came up with, and it, it things just started flooding in, and I I didn't like the situation, and I, I couldn't go back in the house after that, and so my wife now knowing that, um, you know, we've been together this January I think it'll be fourteen years, but wow. knowing that, um, she she goes you won't be able to handle that uh, you know remember her for for your memories that you had and I was yeah like, you people think that a lot man you don't want you to see them in that yep. state because you how you remember and stuff yeah I, I can understand that yeah and and you know hey and, I, and I'm glad my wife knew enough to 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 know that about me to respect the fact that you know you had that unique relationship with with my nana to know that keep that that that's special to you and mm -hmm. now when we get out the decorations you know oh this was nana's and you know and and, and we cherish them you know and, mm -hmm. and and we hang them and every year, this year talk, that's awesome Ed. this year my only suggestion is tell a funny story because we usually do what i do what i've learned and this is just something that steve understands too it's you're sending them happy thoughts and memories. I actually did an experiment. And I'll tell you on the, the, the episode I come on about my dad, make sure you ask me because it was an amazing thing, but you're sending them happy thoughts and energy. And that helps because you're going to grief, you're going to miss them, but then flip it and make sure you leave them with, you know, Hey, remember that time? This was so funny when, you know, you, you know, we're eating the ice cream and it fell off my dad and we left, you know, whatever that is, leave it with a happy lift because yeah. it helps them and you. Yeah. because they can then use that energy so it lifts them and it lifts them you know and it's it's an amazing thing we've had steve and i both had people that tell us and and experiences ourselves where they actually come back um to stop someone from going down the same path they did and then they tell us that it actually helps them over there to lift to a different frequency or you know maybe it's it, it's something to do with a lesson learned or, or or flipping a wrong to a right you know whatever you want to call it but there seems to be something to that isn't there steve yeah yeah i think so it just it, it lightens the mood lightens the air you can feel 
a lot of that mm-hmm. heaviness and oppression left off. It's like, I think a lot of people are the same in the afterlife, just like they were in life, you know, that they, they could use a smile, they can use a cheer, especially if it's somebody that was a little on the nasty side, maybe kind of a butthole mm-hmm. in real life. They usually are in the afterlife too. Yes. But you can, you can turn that around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can. And it's not too, you know, it's not too late because what we've learned too is again, that's why I called the book the wilderness and the afterlife because it's like the last frontier and children, you know, moving toward that and meaning in innocence and knowledge. We don't know. Everybody likes to sit here and say that we know this and we know that, but man, you know, I think it's so much bigger. I think it's more simplistic and more complex than anything else because nature is, is simple. You think the way the earth, where everything works, it's, it, it's simplistically moving and, and creating and continuing this circular, you know, everything. It's like a circle of life, whatever you want to call it, all of it. So why wouldn't this just be a continuation of that? You know what I mean? It's some people like to shut the door. Some people like to say, okay, that cardinal on the windowsill, just when I was talking about that and said that I wished I knew he was okay and everything was fine. And all of a sudden a, a cardinal lands on your windowsill and kind of looks at you and lingers for a minute, feels different because it probably is. Mm-hmm. Is he the cardinal? No, but they have a way of manipulating or, you know, he does. Or it could be a spirit guide or, you know, whatever saying, okay, we're going to give her a a mile marker on her journey and go that a girl, he's fine. You know, it may be that, but why do we always want to go to the negative and go, nah, you know, and that's why so many people I think are really, you know, a lot depressed in life too, because they just feel like, man, you can flip it. You can either let that coffee spilling on you absolutely ruined your day. Or you could laugh at what a jerk you were. It said hot on there and you grabbed it. And you did, you made a mistake. So, you know, I'm silly, you know, whatever. It's all in your perception again. And I don't think that changes when you die. I think you're going to perceive things like that as well. So why not start working on it now? I mean, I've got a, a, a bud who, <laughs> this dude got hit by lightning three times. Three times. It's documented. You know, and he'll tell you personally, you know, he was a Marine, he did his tours, he's a soldier, you, you know that, you know, being ex-military, that's a different kind of, mm, you know, it's like being a warrior, but it's so different than being a warrior, you know, in any tribe you can mention back in the day, you know, there's, it goes way back, all of it, but it's, 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 it's different for them because they had to do so much to protect the family, protect the country, protect the gain the hill, whatever. And they, they hold it on themselves because you're usually very honorable people or they wouldn't be in that position in the first place trying to do honorable things. So they have a lot of question on it. And a lot of, a lot of that heaviness is not forgiving self. So if you do it now and you try to work out those little things, um, it's almost like how, try, how to try not to be a ghost 101. Get rid of the crap now. Empty the bag, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a, a quick question. Do you do tarot? Myself? No, Steve does. Okay. I, I do the Oracle cards. I, I can do tarot, but there's just there's a certain dark energy or something there that doesn't really sit well with me personally. Uh, mm-hmm. I read for years, but uh, I like the Oracle cards now. They're a lot lighter and just don't seem to have that 
negativity attached to them. I don't know what that is. Like I said, that may just be something I'm picking up on, but right. I prefer not to do tarot. Mm -hmm. And again, that's, you know, what Steve just said is a very important thing there, because I know people that swear by it and feel like, you know, as, as well as if you go down the, the, the road of shamanism, which I'm, again, no expert on, but you have to delve a little in the, the dark to understand the light yeah. and a, a little in the light to understand the darkness. And that's kind of us in life as well. If you think of this as one big journey, you know, I mean, that's really the same way. Yeah. I mean, other or like, you know, if you didn't have good days, you know, you wouldn't appreciate anything. And that's a lot yeah. of people go through their journey like that, too. That same elder told me, you know, it's all like some people just they, they take the road less traveled, basically, but they yeah. enjoy their journey. It's not going to be yeah. any easier, but you're learning from it. And you're a lot of ways. I think that's yeah. how you get your discernment, too. Mm -hmm. so that's the way I was raised by my granny and people like that. If it bothers you, don't mess with it. You know, mm -hmm. don't watch it, don't read it, don't listen to it. Mm -hmm. Find what's comfortable for you, what works best for you in anything. That That's really in anything at all, but in particular matters pertaining to, you know, the occult or the metaphysical or the paranormal or anything like that. So there's certain things that I avoid and then other things that I revel in. It's just, right. you know, my, my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's going to be people that are vibrating what you're doing. You asked about empath. There's also mm -hmm. different kinds of empaths. There's world empaths. So like if the world's in trouble, you're going to feel it. Uh, many people around 9-11 knew something was going to happen. We yeah. just didn't know where it was, what it was, what was going to happen. But it was like the world was making a fist. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You just yeah. feel it. And I get that a lot of time with that. earthquakes. I'll get just a mm -hmm. really bad, uh, like a muscle tension headache or a cluster mm -hmm. headache before there's going to be a big earthquake somewhere. I have no mm -hmm. way of predicting it's, I wish my head was like a globe and I could tell by where it hurts <laughs> what was going to happen. But mm -hmm. I can usually tell atmospheric stuff or uh, geological stuff like that. But I, I felt something weird around 9-11 too. I knew something was going on that day and hadn't even had the TV on. But when the phone rang, it was my aunt calling us to tell us what had happened. I was staying with my mom and dad at the time. And I knew when the phone rang, something had happened mm -hmm. and the first tower had just been hit. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Now, the reason why I asked about tarot is because I've been feeling lately within the past month uh, uh, a drawing to look into it or maybe try it, but I don't know where to start. And I don't, you know, you know I mean, there's so many decks out there. And, yeah. But I, you know, I could sit here and order one off Amazon. Is that going to be the right deck or should I? Again, like you, said, you let with it crystals. pick you. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the first thing that Steve and I are going to tell you about anything that's got any kind of metaphysical or or, or or properties like that. That that's what you're going to bring it in for energy wise. It's like I choose the dowsing rods. Other yeah. people might choose this over here or that or pendulum. Um, same with the oracle decks. A lot of times I can look that. at them on Amazon if they show the card artwork and stuff, and even the backs. Sometimes I can just get a feel for that and say, you know, I can work with these, but okay. you never really know till you get them in your hands. Mm -hmm. I've had decks that have beautiful artwork and just amazing looking cards. But then when I got them, it's just so like, mm, this is just in right. the right energy. So yeah. those so I get away. Right. I've got about 25 decks here behind me and uh, probably more than half those, you know, I, I feel something good about some of them only certain times. And it's weird because the ones that I don't use all the time, I know when it's time to use one of those or um, 
sometimes I'll, I'll have whoever I'm reading for pick the deck off a list and they'll just, oh, well, th this one sounds interesting. And then, then it'll work. It's just, it's again, it's finding that balance and finding what works for you and they can get expensive. I, some of my yeah. decks cost more than $50, but it's just one of those things. So I like collecting them for the artwork and stuff. Same with tarot. At one time, I probably had that many tarot decks and then I just decided I didn't want to do tarot anymore. Mm -hmm. you shifted you your consciousness shifted too see but, uh, that's what into, we, do we we change yeah, and the things mm, we use changes yeah with nothing, our nothing stays the same really mm -hmm. but uh go into like one of these uh, new age shops or something like that and a lot of times they'll have decks out a loose deck or whatever you can try it you can feel it you can get a look for feel it your, put your hand mm -hmm. and there's you know? all kinds of, of books and stuff and in, instructing you how to read those cards and the meaning behind them and stuff mm -hmm. that's the main thing with tarot you want to learn all the the minor arcana the major arcana that's usually pretty easy because the images are so specific and so jarring it's some of the minor stuff that i would get tripped up on but there's no shame in looking it up even if you're reading for somebody it's like exactly. let me double check and see that i do that on these oracle decks if i'm doing an oracle reading i'll flip through the book oh it says this this and this but then a lot of times there's like a, a personal interpretation of that that goes along with it too stuff that's not in the book stuff that i'm just pulling from out here yep. somewhere that flows in goes right in with the reading and makes perfect sense that intuition it's the hmm. uh, the cards are more like a, a tool some certain types of readings i don't even need the cards but that's a concrete item that, that explains an abstract concept same with tarot or anything like that back when i read there were times when i knew what somebody what their question was going to be and i knew what the answer was but then when i do the cards and it would show in the cards that was like my check and balance there that, okay, I was hitting the right thing. And it came up in the cards too. So, And I would also like to suggest too, just like with anything, like people say with meditation or, you know, people say, well, you have to do this. You have to do that. I said, no, there's a, a world of knowledge out there. Go on. If you're doing meditation, go on YouTube, pull up a guided meditation, you know, mm -hmm. something short, something sweet and check out the person that's doing it do you resonate with their voice is it something off-putting go to the next one go to the next one i would do that with a, a teacher too i know peter co is wonderful you find him on facebook and he's got like you know little beginner classes and stuff like that but what i would do before i did that was look at a couple of his videos do you resonate with him are you getting an energy flow there does it feel right and you, you might have to go through 10 people before you get that as a teacher but you do that with anything wouldn't you I mean, I've never understood how we go into the first doctor available. I want to yeah. talk to you, you know, mm -hmm. uh, talk to me. What happened to that? You know, mm -hmm. where you're trying to pick the energy that works. I think that would work with anything. And I recommend that's, that as Tara. When I picked my last doctor, the OHSU out here where I go, that's Oregon uh, Health Science University's teaching hospital. They have a, a book that they put out that has like all the real detailed biographies of their doctors and stuff. Cool. I, I, I look at the photos. I've got to, you know, have that connection too. And the one I picked, I liked her because uh, number one, she's young, younger doctors will try, tend to try newer treatments and mm -hmm. newer things. And then the other thing in her biography, her parents were circus people. Oh, like, oh, nice. That's my doctor. <laughs> yeah. That that's person right. will get yep. me. That person will understand me. I mm. connect with that that type of person. And it's worked beautifully. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but and, same yeah. with anything like this, the cards or whatever. Look at some decks, watch some people. If you mm -hmm. think you'd like to do the Oracle stuff, there's a lady 
on YouTube called Oracles and Beyond. Cassie, Cassie wonderful. She comes to Cisco's streams all the time. She is one of the best Oracle readers out there. There you and go. She's, she's probably got great. a 100, 150 different decks. And she'll have a free show, see, on YouTube too, where you can go in and you can pick up on her energy and get to know her a little bit and then, you know, reach out yeah, to her and say, hey, and I'm watch. looking into this. I'm interested. I can't remember what night she goes, Tuesdays, I think. But I think well, it is. I think she's also, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. Probably and then uh, Gemma, she's, she's a gifted reader. Yep. She's done uh, Gemma Jade Paranormal on YouTube. She reads on Wednesday nights. I used to read over there with her, but I just, I would have the time. So busy. October this man right here my... got the number one book on national parks and and yes, uh, it, and God, and it, it's absolutely it wonderful. <laughs> the number one, isn't that and great? And then I've got two more in the top ten. The other two are in there too. Like last time I looked at something, it was like one, five, and seven. Yeah. But uh, October, I had I wanna... so many requests. There was days that I double and triple booked myself on shows. <laughs> we were both and pretty hot in, and heavy there for a while. And then right? in November. I had a book right. deadline for that book that just came out. And even as stressed as I was and as close to the line as I, I cut it, it must have done pretty well because, yeah, it's it's hit number one. So That's fascinating, <laughs> too. It's wonderful. And, you know, the thing is, is, everybody's encouraged back and forth. He's encouraged me. I've encouraged him. He's got other people to write. And, and, and that's it, man. When somebody sits down and writes your stories. But the same way you started this episode you know, it, it, and, and talked about how freeing it was to talk about your, your experience and the profound experience mm -hmm. it was too. You saw full body apparition. We don't know, you know, if it was a recurring, a loop, a residual, or if it was an intelligent, you know, where they're just as aware of you, if it was visitation and they're just interested because people talk about them and since their house and they're used to that, they can do that. They come back and forth use so many different levels so that's another thing it gets me and steve is we said well this is june and she's here because she died of smallpox back in the thing no it's harry and he's pissed you know <laughs> there's a big difference when people go in and they start you know talking and they think they know um who's haunting what and we're kind of laughing go well no man that's your ghost he followed you in and he's on the evp this one's not talking to you they're all standing and going like this like they're sick of this you know <laughs> it's just so funny how it all is but it's like i said if you could back up and look at the bigger whether it's tarot and you're you're connecting in with that energy you're being called to that or you're being called to eat more apples or if you're, you know, being uh, drawn to put that ornament up at, at, at a certain time and the song comes on. I mean, one of the most beautiful things, you know, we're coming up on the holiday season. So many people uh, depressed and stuff. And again, I say, uh, talk to them. You know, people have the empty chair at the table. You know, that that seems sad. But you know what? You know, we do it for the vets. We have the honor yep. table there for uh, everyone who couldn't be with us and that we've lost and um you know there's an honor in remembering and it just blows me away that people think it only works on one way like i said earlier you know i've got this woman and she's sitting there so basically glad her <laughs> husband's gone she doesn't have to deal with him anymore yeah. i'm like no you no you're not done he's still here mm -hmm. and i think that's where some of these things steve is is more profound prof uh prolific in this subject of you know uh, old wives tales and and myths and there's always a bit of truth in them in there, Steve, you know, uh, don't speak ill of the dead. No. You know, their words are, have meaning and they have power and they have energy. And there that's why it's called reasons spelling. for everything to do. And I you can, just, I was just going to say that the Bible tells you, you can life from death is in the power of the tongue. You can speak good things to yourself. You can manifest good things. Mm -hmm. 
Or, you know, you can get out of bed and say, oh, this is going to be a shit yep. day. Well, there mm-hmm. you go. You've already called it. You're going to have a shit day, most likely. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think the universe will feel sorry for you and say, no, nah, you're not going to have a shit day today. Mm-hmm. And good things will happen. But you can yeah. set the tone just mm-hmm. with, with what you say and what you think in your Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was a W. Clement Stone self, that used to write yeah. about PMI, positive mental, or PMA, yeah. positive mental attitude. And yep. that positive draws positive, negative draws negative. We find that all the time in the paranormal world mm-hmm. because I've got a buddy who he says he only draws the negative. I had to make him all kinds of things to, to help ward that off. And one of the times, not that same time in Gettysburg, but another time, I've got, I'm going down the cellar steps into the deep, dark depths of this <laughs> of this house i don't know these people but they get called us in you know to go i'm going down the cellar and i got this big old marine coming up the stairs faster than lightning with a, a, a another guy coming up behind him and you know he says you know we were told we're not going to be down there they want you guys and we're not to be we're not to be down here and I, and my son's behind me goes wait a minute they're leaving and we're going in <laughs> i'm like yeah but that's just the way it that's the way it is that energy rejected them because of for whatever reason they felt pushed and moved out well we do that all the time see when Mm -hmm. i talk about um you know i lived in a haunted farmhouse when i was a kid my dad was a a world war ii vet and he had we called shell shock then he liked to uh, he liked to um thin that out with alcohol a whole lot of it and he would get very violent and um it just you know the alcohol stimulated his his anger and you know all that other stuff but uh also the house was extremely haunted and some of the entities there were uh very angry and they both fed off each other and this Mm. is what happens and i think that's also too why people can move into a very haunted house not have any experience you hear it all the time this isn't haunted i don't know you know when they write a book about it for it's not haunted well they're gone honey they moved on they left with the other people or they did or they're not feeding off your energy you guys are high vibrational or got this love your family love tightness light going on and they just rejected that went on to the neighbors who were you know he's an alcoholic and she's depressed and this one's ready to commit suicide. They're feeding well over there, but that's how it works. Now you said something just a minute ago is the the worst thing you can say is uh, I can't. I live by a motto. Yes. I live by a motto and I I drove my daughter nuts and my, my, my stepson nuts. They're they're grown now. I can't means I won't. Mm -hmm. And, and you never will. Yeah, that was about Correct. the only thing my dad would ever get after me for saying was I can't. I can mm-hmm. curse like a little sailor, but if I said I can't, it was like uh, he'd always say I can't, never did. You right. Just got that energy. You <laughs> slam the door on yourself. You yeah. just, you know. But if you say I can, and you try and you fail and you get back up and you do it again, I'll try. Right. I'll see what I can do. I'll I got a I guy. Like, I'll I find somebody. Yep. That's it's the way Cisco and I are. Yeah, <laughs> we know a guy. It's, it's kind of like me starting this podcast out. You know, at first I was just like overwhelmed, and at, at one point I, I I sat down and I did just a monologue, and I'm not I'm not real happy with my first episode. I, I oh nobody I, is. I think it's I think it's trash. Um, I I did it on the the Clinton body count. I had a Oh, wow. I like, I'll have to listen to that one. <laughs> I, I, had, I had a, you know, I have 
conspiracy books and what have you. And uh, that that's a big part of the show. And but not just conspiracy, because when when you open your third eye, you're opening it to everything. See everything. Mm-hmm. See everything, everything. See the lies and conspiracies, cryptid, yeah. paranormal. Yeah, it's it's everything. all there, and it's all why? just below the surface, or just above us, yes. one or the other. But it, it definitely exists. And the Clinton thing, you'd have to be a total ostrich not to see that, yeah. especially when you start looking into <laughs> Vince Foster, Danny Castellaro, uh-huh. the boys on the tracks, all that stuff. It becomes real evident that you know that's just not a coincidence Mm-mm. that these people Mm-mm. that were connected with him in some way or the other all right. died under weird circumstances. Mm-mm. Now, but back to my point was I, I was telling myself I can't mm-hmm. and, and it, mm-hmm. I don't know why I was because I, I don't, that, that's not me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I go into anything like even when I learned archery or learned to be a DJ back in the day when I was in the air force to do it on, on, on the weekends mm-hmm. at the club on base, you know, no, I can do this and I'm going to be the fucking best at it. Yeah. yeah. And so having changed my mindset, now I'm getting better, you know, and, and what have you. And I'm not as scared to reach out to people because I was always no. afraid that they would say, no, no, I don't want to come on your podcast. And, yeah. you know, and, and no. that, that's a natural um, thing to, to kind of fear is because that's, that's rejection and nobody likes mm-hmm. rejection, but mm-hmm. at the end of the on. day, yeah. Move and on. the flip okay. side of that, use yourself as an example. I do that all the time. If I can write a book and publish it and, and sell a bunch of you can too. That's what I told Cisco. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people ask me about my YouTube channel. I don't even like the way I sound, but if I get 132,000 subscribers, <laughs> it took me you forever can to too. get this old puss out of the ground, man. I'm and telling then, you what, it's like, get your butt out there. Let's go. Let's go. Let's and go. Then, yeah, that was the other thing. I don't like the way I look. I'll mm-hmm. never show my face. Now I can't get enough of it. It's like, put a camera out here. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Find a way to connect out to the universe. This is again, what we were talking about in the beginning. You felt so freeing when you got to talk about your experience. Mm-hmm. We lived for years. You know, I never try shutting me up. I talk ain't off a wall. Good luck. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, is I didn't shut up because I saw my great grandmother shut up. I saw my, my, mm-hmm. my, my grandmother sit in the woods and, tell me about these herbs and look around first and whisper about sassafras for your tea for a, for an upset stomach or peppermint for this. And she would whisper because people got burned at the stake for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You literally, you yeah. know, I mean, I guarantee you people were hung or burned or at least persecuted that probably saved uh, the children through a flu or God knows what. And the next thing, you know, me, 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 me gossip goes, goes talking, which done yeah. because, and same thing happened to native Americans. But yet when you go to buy aspirin, guess what the, the active ingredients in that, I mean, it's been so bastardized and so mixed in because every time you have to do a prescription, you have to change the formula to get a new prescription. Once that, I mean, uh, a patent, you know, mm-hmm. for it to, uh, that patent runs out, you have to change formula to get a new patent. Yeah. So right. you might add a little pinch of baking soda or whatever the hell it is they add to that stuff. But it started out your active ingredients, white willow bark. Mm-hmm. Well, that's we just peel the bark off from. the tree and chew on it. And manic's gone. Yeah. That's what we did. And then they came over and they see us smoking all this stuff. What's that? Well, it's tobacco. It's sacred to us. It's something that we take out of the ground. You know, we grow, we mm-hmm. smoke it we use it in ceremony and things like that. And then we, we also offer it back as 
um, as an you know an offering, a gift, mm-hmm. a back, like we were talking about earlier. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. And then they go across to take it back, you know, uh, across the pond again, and they do a bunch of mixing with it and everything else. And they start selling that now, you know, what a century later, we've got so many chemicals and everything Mm. else. These things makes the cigarette burn faster. Makes it makes the nicotine affect you more. And your brain more more addictive. So much. I only smoke (laughs) natural American spirits. American spirit, organic, organic tobacco and purified waters. And these have been cleared enough to, to actually use as, as gifting in, in uh, ceremony as well, as long as it's there, you know, organic. Cisco talks about that having to crumble up a cigarette and offer some tobacco there. You have to give an elder. When you go into an elder, you present first, here's my gift and you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, or you go to the drum and you offer to the ancestors, you throw the, tobacco on the drum after you get the clearance from the you know the drum circle and stuff like that it's all simple things but it's also it's like the movie i don't know if you ever saw the movie uh, wind talkers and they're going into battle and it's yes. about the navajo wind talk who's covid never broken by the way exactly. and um they're all going into battle and of course they each had a person to protect them because if they were captured they had to kill him because they didn't want the code broken and that was the whole point of it um to have that that soldier with them but uh they're going into battle and you know they do the ceremony and they do um basically uh paint is what it's been called camouflage is something that the army and the military called it when when they got the idea from you know uh natives that came that you know they met over the years and Mm -hmm. you know the whole thing mass units and portable villages and the whole reason we set up all that native american all of it absolutely and um so anyway what tribe are you from i'm lenape and cherokee oh nice and a little bit of scotch so (laughs) that's my daddy cherokee on my dad's side and he is too great grandmother was full grandma half dad's quarter nice i don't have any native american in me uh on my father's side we came here on the mayflower um, from Scotland and uh, a little bit of Norse mixed yeah. in with there. Yeah. And my mom's side of the family, um, I don't really associate too much with anybody on my mom's side of the family. Um, different talk, different day. Um, but they came over on the boat straight from Czechoslovakia. So, wow. Yeah. yeah, see, uh, at this point, we're all kind of like a little mix. And I think mm-hmm. it's what you resonate with, just like mm-hmm. with the crystals or you know, being an empath and, you know, you've got to find out what grounding uh, you resonate with and how you cleanse, but you have to cleanse or you're going to get, you're going to feel down and the whole thing, that whole thing, you die hard, make a fist with your toes in the carpet. That's like a form of, of, you know, of grounding, hugging a tree. That's how everybody started saying tree hugs. But when you do that and you, you put your arms around and you think, and you're putting your stuff that in that cleansing tree and go down to the roots, but you're also pulling up. It's getting something yes. from you, just like yep. the oxygen and carbon dioxide. And I've, Again, I've lived circle. in places where you couldn't get out and get to the ground necessarily, even mm-hmm. the grass in the city and stuff. I found that if you get a rock, just some plain old granite or yep. something mm-hmm. like that, carry that around with you, hold it, mm-hmm. let it absorb, and then throw it away. Mm-hmm. And so- then which one of you has uh, a lot of purple around right now? Probably Cisco. No, most of my stuff's black. <laughs> There's something. My, purple. All my stuff's purple. black. 
What am I got purple going on here? I've got oh, a there's purple. a purple witch sitting right in front of me. <laughs> okay. I've got a purple uh, dragon throw over here go. that I've got oh. some boxes covered up with. Is that I'm gonna segue into maybe our last little what have sure. you, but that's my special empath ability. So you can I, see like colors I or pick you pick up see... on colors that mm -hmm. they I, I start sensing that there's purple i've got well the purple color. is right in front of me i just can't see because it it's so dark in here i mean and, uh, this this part right here is green screen but these skulls are all all this is real those are so real human skulls thing, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> is this barney see that's the paper boy husband. that's the next door neighbor that's the ex-boss what about the milkman make it <laughs> But yeah, that purple is like right in front of me. Like I said, I just didn't see because everything's very dark. It's very Halloween. We're <laughs> Halloween 24-7, Steve and I. I mean, he's got skulls yeah. in this room too. I don't but, know uh, how I, I pick up on it. Yeah. Um, well, you're just picking up on, on that energy and the color, you know, is, 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 is color is profound, you know. Someone told me that's like being smells. a clair, clairvoyant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's But like, what purpose does that have that I can pick well, up on a color? You know it, what I mean? Well, no, it's bigger than that. It's something that you you know your whole podcast is third eye. Once you open that up and you start seeing things, your consciousness start raising. If you're able to see conspiracy and how how a country would how possibly a country, <coughs> any country, <coughs> um, massacre its own people mm. just to start a war, um, so they can make money on both sides of it. It's a special kind of psychopathic evil. And it's yeah. very hard for people to understand that not only has it happened once, it's all multiple times. Don't believe me, Gulf of Tonkin. Don't believe me for a harbor. Don't believe me, go back, keep going. Arsuit Ferdinand, keep going, keep going. See where the money was made on both sides. The industrial, military industrial complex, it makes money on both sides of this. Mm -hmm. Yes, I said it. And that's a fact. And I was in the military. I saw things from the inside. I talked to men all the time. I talk to, uh, you know, soldiers all the time, men and women, both. They come back and they tell stories. So, like not everybody could be telling the same lie, not knowing each other. So that's one. Then you've got the same thing with the ghost. There's something happening. If one of these stories is correct. Mm -hmm. One of these stories is factual and true and can be proven that something is going on. If one alien, one abduction, one UFO, something's going on, one cryptid, right. same thing. So I believe that when you can start seeing that stuff and you can rise above the fact that we can't think of how somebody could be so evil because they're not like us or we're not mm -hmm. like them. It's hard. You rise above that and see that, you know, you said something to this you thought about the fact that you don't want to snap at the cashier's taking too long because you don't want your stuff to get on her. So she goes and snaps at somebody else. Right. Turn that around and smile at her and say, it's okay, honey, take your time. I've been in your shoes. You just flip that. I do. I, do, I find myself doing flip that a lot. Like because you've I'll raised see your consciousness. people coming and, and they're kind of in a hurry and I'll, I'll just kind of like step back and be like, and they're like, oh, excuse me. I'm like, no, no, you're fine. Take your time. Go ahead. You know? Because you've raised your consciousness. And that's why you're starting to see things like color might be the first thing. It doesn't mean that just because you're seeing color is is all you're getting. It's it's like a 
what would you call that, Steve? Like a well, it's like a validation like a little, that you yeah, have like a little, little jolt, little powers there. It's just like, yeah, you can see these things. You'll see more things. Mm-hmm. That's I asked my granny about stuff that I used to see, and she'd say, well, some things are just meant for you. That that's just mm-hmm. a little sign to let uh, the universe or whatever's out there know that it's listening, and it sends you a sign sometimes mm-hmm. just to say, hey, I'm here, and I know you're there. This is nothing other than just a little post-it note to let you know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like a, things, like a mile marker kind yeah, of things may have very in-depth and personal meanings. Other times it might not mean a damn thing. It's just and some things. It's what it like is. Yeah. So little things like you, uh, Steve and I talk about angel numbers all the time. That's a great way to teach. You know, for people who are listening, you know, just just to get your teeth into it a little bit is it when you start noticing one one one. You know, the angel numbers. Okay, or your number might be something seven seven seven. It might be whatever. But look that up. If you're seeing that all the time, look it up. Look it up a couple. It's like I do with herbs. I don't listen to one source. I have multiple right. sources. And then I take the, the combo the, that, that that's the same. And then once you start seeing those and you start recognizing, you say, hey, thanks. You know, because it might be, you can call it spirit guide. Again, the labels, the angel numbers, whatever. It's the universe. It's the positive something that's connected to you going, Hey, I see you. And I, now I know yeah. you see me and you'll start seeing them more. And, and it's I like, whatever it is, it likes to establish more. that connection. It's like mm-hmm. not all of a sudden going to just dump all this stuff on you and you right. don't know what to do with it. It wants to know that you're kind of following along, Catch that you're open water. to receiving it, that you understand kind of what's mm-hmm. going on. And then I think it comes in a little more and a little more. And then you get those mm-hmm. big booms sometimes. That, yes. That can, you oh. rarely hear somebody that starts out that way. Mm-hmm. And, and same with anything in the paranormal. You start out seeing little things, noticing little things. Yep. And then like uh, Nietzsche and the abyss, the, the more you look into the paranormal, the more the paranormal looks into you. Exactly. And uh, I've, I've had people ask me that like, why did you choose the paranormal to write about? Like, how do you know that I chose it? I think it chose me, chose if anything, me. because it revealed itself to me before I ever went looking for it. Yeah. So, and I think people are here to guide others too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Again, one of the hardest things that ever snapped to me was, you know, you could talk to your blue in the face, man, and try yeah. to convince somebody of something. If they're not ready to understand it, or it's not, they're not meant to understand it. They're not everybody's here to get the same message right you, you see what but i'm that's saying where that like whole law of sowing and reaping seeing. yeah sowing and reaping comes in that's biblical that's native mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. every culture has that and that's why i think it's important to to help people along the way to do stuff because you know I'm, i've got all this success and things now it's because i've blessed people along the way and mm-hmm. i'm put in a position where i can expose people and and mm-hmm. get them out there and get them attention and stuff now and that's just that's planting a harvest and, you know, if, if you plant a kernel of corn, you don't get a kernel back, you get a stalk. And on that stalk, there may be a dozen ears, and each one of those ears might have 100 kernels. Right. So be careful what you sow. If you want to sow hate and discord and jealousy, you've got a harvest coming in that you don't want. But exactly. if you're out there putting good things, you're promoting other people, you're encouraging people to get in touch with themselves or write a book or start a podcast or whatever, then you're just – that you're putting up stuff in your storehouse for when mm-hmm. your harvest comes in. Mm-hmm. So, so here's the thing, um, throwing that out there, I, I, you guys just made me realize, I think I know what the connection is. I can start picking up on, on colors with people that I connect with on a personal level, on a mm-hmm. spiritual level, 
and on like we've we've been friends on Facebook for for a couple of years, but we've never really talked or interacted. But tonight, mm-hmm. I think we became friends. Yeah, and I definitely. think that's why uh, mm-hmm. I started picking up on it because looking back, just a, a quick scroll back, it's like every time I, I pick up, you know, it, I don't pick it up with just like perfect strangers or just any willy nilly. It's mm-hmm. someone that I'm making in my, my eyes, a spiritual connection mm-hmm. with my energy. And yeah, here's en- something. you want a little something are- I just got on you. What's that? What your spirit guys I'm getting that wants you. And this is where I'm getting it from. I'm getting it from that vibrational level. It's a higher vibration being. So it's either somebody that has crossed and been crossed for a while and went out high and stayed high and got higher, or it was ancestral, you know, high to begin with. And basically it's this associate your colors when you see them and explain them to yourself when you see them as you would to a blind person. So now you have to explain to you what that color made you feel and how does Mm. that relate to the person you saw it around. It almost be like a, a mood ring. Like exactly. a, a mental mood ring. Because you may be seeing aura. See these colors. Could be, I was yeah. just going to say that earlier. Mm-hmm. Might be seeing my aura. I have no idea what color yeah. my aura and is. And it's also, purple is also associated, depending on the shade, to the divine. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when people are meditating, or they'll see purple speckles, and the speckles will get bigger. And, you know, as yeah. you're connecting in, and that's also associated it's with... It's associated with yeah. loyalty and royalty. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. I know you're and not higher. a Christian, but at Easter, when they uh, represent the cross and Jesus' resurrection, mm-hmm. there's always a piece of purple cloth draped over the cross to represent God, yeah. but he came back. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> exactly. So that's that's something. To, to, if you imagine, how, do you, how would you explain blue, the shade of blue you're looking to, to someone who's never seen it's yeah. cool. It makes you feel this, or it's you know whatever the the thing is. You may be getting that as a prerequisite to actually being able to read people's energies and their aura. That may be okay. your thing. That may be your gift. But again, you're opening yourself up to that. So when you open yourself up, it's like you know you're talking about power circle or something. Say, well, I wish my third eye would open. Oh yeah, because <laughs> here it comes. Yeah. Because again, you're giving. But also, I would say, you know, talk to your spirit guides. If people get, I'm no expert again on spirit guides, but what I've been able to understand is you, everybody has that one that stays with your soul, whether reincarnation all the way through and always with it. And then you get ones that you need along your journey that has a specialty if you're going through something that like they're, you know, so you'll get uh, ones that pop in for that time in your life. And then you've got also like your soul circle and ancestors and everything else. And maybe even your higher self, you know, who's to say, you know, um, do we completely disconnect from that? Or is there always part of us there and part of us here? There's reincarnation. Then you've got that genetic soul that's gone through all the lives with the genetic memory. You know, does all that come here? Does part stay there? I don't know. But if you're trying to open, if you're opening up and that's what you're doing, you know, looking into this and opening up and especially looking at conspiracies and stuff like that. That's why I mentioned about the inherent evil or people that have never, you know, had a soul might even be extraterrestrial or something else. Um, not being able to, th- that can't happen, you know, because I would never do that. Well, we've got to stop thinking everybody's like us, right. good or bad. 
that goes both ways. You know, she's going to do that. No, that's what you would do. Mm-hmm. She's not like that. But she also may not be ready to understand different things. I think we open up when we're ready for them too. Some people may never get it. They're not here for that. They're here to be that whatever else they're going through. We're individuals and ghosts are individuals. There's entities and energies and whatever you want to call it out there that were never human, you know, and are ancient. You know, if you want to start talking about gin or you want to talk about different extra, you know, extra dimensionals and things like yeah. that or entities or demons or whatever. Everybody, everything's a demon nowadays. Yeah. Oh, there was you, a demon here. Well, even though I do believe there's a huge influx. Yes. It, be, electronics made everything go willy nilly because now everything can jump from one to the next to the other. And if you don't think that's true, how many times have you had an old girlfriend or an old, you know, whatever? Um, uh, 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 somebody who just wouldn't stop calling, you know, or, <laughs> you know, you think that you're over it and you're in enjoying your folks. day yeah. and that, that's, that's actually an energy. Kinda, oh, it's yeah. an energy. It's it an is. energy and it interjects into your life and your day into your energy. Now you have the power at this point to ignore it, reject it, accept it, let it in. Don't accept it. Right. You know, it's like getting a bad comment on a video. You sit here and play with that person for a while. Who are you talking to? You know, you don't and, even know. Could be somebody sitting there in the moon, yeah. you know, change smoking palm oils and, you know, <laughs> right, sits there right. all day. She, who do, you don't know who you're dealing with. So don't let that energy in. Same thing with what you watch, what you listen to, mm-hmm. what you ever they well, have. Even with had. your health. How many times have you heard somebody say, how you doing? Oh, I'm trying to take a cold. Quit trying to take it <laughs> until I go <laughs> get out of here. I've, I've heard people say that or talk about, you know, my arthritis or whatever. You're claiming it. It's this devil arthritis. Yeah. So that's when I'm talking about my gout. I'll say, oh, my gout. I say, this devil gout is bothering me again. I want to go on. You know? Don't claim it. Yeah. I mean, the words have powers, like we said before. That's what it's called spelling. I mean, we could get, you know, that's a whole nother show, but mm-hmm. it is true. And, you know, Steve and I did a pretty profound uh, thing, uh, episode talking about, um, you know, curses. Like I said, I can't. It's a self-curse. It's a short mm-hmm. self-curse, but you're still doing it to yourself. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, if, if that's not true, then why did the little train that said, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can make it up the hill. It's exactly you can't have one without the other. even if you can't say that you can and then right. you know, at least and at you, least try you know, make it never know make what it. you can do to you try you know whatever you got to do but it is a spell you've cast yeah. it out into the universe and that's why they yeah. say you can manifest your own destiny you can manifest positivity you can you know i will get that car i will get that job i will make it the mill being in the military is all like how many how many marches were you on <laughs> when you said just one more step one more step one more step i wasn't in the military but i've been out in the woods and just you know one foot in front of the other that's the only way you're going to get to where you need to go you know and And, and they uh, push you and push you and push you until you you know the whole breakdown to build you back up thing but they push you and push you and push you because they want you to discover uh your inner greatness yeah you know and and what you can do and you know i there's no way i'm going to make it to that obstacle course well yeah you're probably not gonna you know, I was a platoon guy. None of my people dropped out. I'd be damned if I'm going to do push-ups for you. Right. You know, get your ass <laughs> up. Let's go. You Blanket know, party. Everything I got hurts. You know, you can't walk. Lean on me. I got you. Right. You know, and this is just the way it works. 
And but you push yourself and you dig down, you find out who you really are. Well, we could do that in our own lives. You know, people yeah. have gotten so easy to just say, push a button and instant gratification. And that's why so many people are upset now. Mm-hmm. I got news for people. I think we're going back to that thing where people like Steve and I are going to be sitting on the rock sharpening our knives going, <laughs> yeah, we told you, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know, Peel, and peeling now, that apple and, yeah. and giving some advice. You know, you never yeah, turn down advice from a from an old yeah. timer that's got, sitting there cutting a, a slice of apple. apple. Off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, yeah, and, but and going going back to the the, the the military thing, you learn to embrace the suck. Yeah, is what we always call it. Embrace yeah. the suck because yeah. if you can embrace the suck, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it only gets better. Yeah. And you know I mean, I mean? It's, and it's also, you know, you're moving this pile of sand from there to there. Well, why are you doing it? And I'm like, I'm looking around. This is first week of basic here, man. You know, uh, and I'm looking, I was trained by airborne rangers. I'm digging this shit. This you know, that, that applies in other stuff as well. I used to do business sales <laughs> in another lifetime. And we had a guy come in one time, give us this big pep talk. And, you know, everybody's, you know, how do you, what should you, how should we do this? And, I'm, I'm trying to get a yes. I'm going to call this business. I'm going to get a yes. He's like, no, no, no. You're going about it wrong. He's like, go for the no. He said, because every time you get a no, you're just that much closer to that many more yeses. And you learn to take those no's. Don't mm-hmm. take them personally. Don't let it break you down and get you down and depress you. Yep. If, if everybody told you yes, you know, then there's no challenge and you don't fight to rise above and to get better, to do things better. That's like, you know, falling off the horse and getting back on. You get on, yeah, you do it again. Yeah. You don't know what you do. Do you try until you push yourself sometimes? That's got to come from you. Mm-hmm. 100%. Kind of like uh, this whole interview with, with you two uh, on here. I told you you're in for a ride. Oh, we, <laughs> and I said, bring it because I, I, I wanted it. But uh-huh. here's the thing. You guys are more experienced in, in your empath uh, uh-huh. ways. And I'm kind of a I'm a noob. I'm a newbie. Um, however, we just went for four fucking hours no. because our energy connected. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Um, so we'll wrap it up here. And I, I love it because I could, I could talk to both of you all fucking night. You know what no. I mean? Like, like it just but see, it, the it, thing is, if you keep asking me what it's like to be, about, you know, I've been an empath knowingly an empath or at least something for over 50 years. I right. don't know. Shit. I right. only know how, what gets me through. I learn stuff every day, every minute of every yeah. day. Don't you see? Yep. Oh, absolutely. Every time we get together on Monday nights, I highly recommend and just And that's hearing other people's experience. We and then that'll make you think back and look at your own experiences. It's like, that makes sense now. I know mm-hmm. why I felt that way. I understand what this meant. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you'll get something like that, that you understand, you understand. Then there's all of a sudden something that's upside down and backwards. Like, what is that? Yeah. But mm-hmm. then it may talk, take talking to other people, not even at an impasse necessarily, mm-hmm. but somebody that has a different understanding and approaches it from a different angle, looks mm-hmm. up on it instead of down on it, like you are, whatever. And that's, and that's what it is. And that's, it's all about bringing people together, I think, mm-hmm. and, and putting those minds together and the same and being with an open-minded enough to look through somebody else's and eyes. The main exactly. thing, you can't take it personal. I mean, it is what it is. That's mm-hmm. something that's, it's a gift that you have. And it's up to you to decide how you use it and stuff. But there's mm-hmm. going to be people you can't help, things mm-hmm. you can't change, things you just Absolutely. can't do. That's the hardest part for I me. Anyway, that out a long time ago. 
So I've had well dreams of seeing people crushed with concrete pipes. Mm -hmm. And uh, it happened, you know, a few weeks later at a construction site in another part of Tennessee. I had no way of knowing where it was or who the person was or anything about it until it already happened. Mm -hmm. And I, that bothered me for a long time. And finally, I had another impasse say, well, that's just the way of telling you that sometimes you're going to know things, but mm -hmm. there are certain things you cannot change. You cannot change. They're going to be the way they're going to be, even if you knew where it was and went out there and, and mm -hmm. went on the job site and told them, you know, secure those pipes, it's going to crush this guy. It could it would have happened anyway. It was some mm -hmm. things just worked that way. And they probably and more than likely, you know, uh you'd have probably been arrested and they'd have probably held you for what we're playing. Yeah, 72 hour cycle. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, is some of the best mediums I know are, are physical mediums. And, you know, the thing is, is they see people come to them in their death state. Okay. So mm. think six cents. Okay. Little boy who saw yep. people that were earth, earthbound. People. Yeah. And he seen him as death state. That's a horrible way to have this gift. But the thing is, is his energy was resonating on a thing that they could pick up they knew he could see them and, you know, vice versa. Moth to the so flame. They, we we yeah, get a lot of to that flame, too. Like turning it's, on a light in the back porch. I used to think, how come every house I've ever lived in was haunted to one degree or another? <laughs> and a couple of years ago, I figured out it wasn't the houses. It's me that's haunted. That's mm -hmm. stuff, you know, that, <laughs> that sees me or uh, picks up on my energy and comes to me. And that was how, you know, like I could live in a house and see and hear all kinds of things. And maybe my roommates never saw or heard anything. Yep. Right. Or the yep. people that lived there before, nothing ever bothered them. Maybe the next people not, but whatever's out there, it can see you and know that you know of it and or know how mm -hmm. to help it. Or again, it's like you know, putting on a little light in a room. Everything in that darkness is going to come toward the light. Yeah, see and who you are and what you're about. If you can help it or not, I mean, mm -hmm. the, the, if you can't, you know, you just have to leave it alone. But that's get, get yeah, used to it but it does too. come in small that's parts thankfully well. now I've, I've known people where it just all flooded in at once but usually it starts out just like we were talking about there a little bit here you're seeing the colors you may hear things pick up on things see numbers combinations uh, the numbers are everywhere and not just in a numerical format i mean if you count things mm -hmm. that's uh, probably ocd or something i've had from childhood <laughs> but i've always counted things i see numbers i see patterns i pick up on stuff like that that's just something else that's a part of this and but it kind of helps you tune in and you can just pull things in real close and, and see things that everybody might not because you have that perspective and that um it's that that depth to be able to go in real close and just make everything else go away. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it gets easier. And like I said, you learn how to put your guard up, where not to go, unless you just specifically need to go there or you've been called there or something like that. You can't get me near a children's hospital, a uh, certain old folks home, any place that's got a burn ward, anything mm -hmm. like that, where it's just people, especially children, if they're in any kind of incredible pain or anything like that, I think there's a darker energy that goes along mm -hmm. with that feeds off that. But my yeah, daughter was first born. She had to go to East Tennessee Children's Hospital mm -hmm. because she was jaundiced. And they just, you know, put her under a lamp or whatever, no big deal. But I, I had to spend the night there. And that was the most real, tangible evil I ever felt. It felt like there was a black mm -hmm. cloud. That was the way I saw it in my mind, just floating around in that place. 
And of course, you know, you'd hear kids screaming and crying out all night and stuff. Don't know what was going on with them, but it just, you um, know, when you're empathic and you pick up on it, it hurts you. It physically yeah. does stuff to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had stuff make me sick to my stomach before, you know, or just yeah. to feel somebody else's pain so bad that, that you wince or you cover up or you're sore for a day or two afterwards. You know, it's just. Yeah, that, that's something else too. You're going to have to discern what are your feelings and what are other people's feelings so the first thing you've got to do is get to know you 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 know like i said you're you know you're ex-military we keep saying that all the time about you know ex-military but it's a little different because those people have been through a process of the training they've been through a breaking down the building up it's a Mm -hmm. little different some people do in in things in life but it's not quite the same because you're also dealing with the camaraderie and who can you trust and this guy and picking him up and there's a lot of stuff involved but you also have to realize what's you you have to get back in that mindset like think about guard duty 3 a.m where it's just you and you and you and those are your thoughts those are your feelings those are your stuff steve has a way of saying you know well how do you discern between whether it's you know god or the devil talking to you or good or bad whatever you want to put you know it's like good you know i mean it's like where's your where's your moral compass at you know but you also have to get in tune with that what's you and then you can start feeling like and that was biblical based but it can apply to anything if it doesn't exhort edify or comfort you Mm -hmm. or somebody then it's it's evil it's basically Mm -hmm. the way to look at that you know uh something good something holy, something pure. It's not going to mm-hmm. tell you to skin your neighbor alive. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to say, bake a know? cake and take it to your neighbor, something yeah. like that. It may be something simple, but it's not going to tell you to do anything that's going to hurt, harm. Yeah, I don't understand people that can't anybody. discern that because to me, it's so easy to, you know, I can filter like walking in, you know, to energies. I can feel like I said that one little boy. I mean, think about that again. Do I think that little boy was evil? Uh-huh. I do. No, I don't think it. I know it. I felt it coming. Now, had the little boy puppet right. that it was yep. <laughs> to get at the mother or whatever. I mean, these things are so crazy. And sometimes people manifest their own or they draw their own. But it's like that when you said you're turning on a light, light monster onto a flame. Well, this is what happens when people start to dabble in things they don't quite understand and, you know, are trying to understand their gift. And, you know, a young teenager is going through a lot of angst and a lot of crap. And they know that, you know, they're trying to find where they fit in and might get the wrong advice and get into something. Now they've got an ability and they're going out there and they're trying to summon things or trying to talk to something in the house. And Mm -hmm. that's that's easy to bite off more than you can chew or to uh, always overestimate or underestimate your own abilities. Yeah, and so you just, know you have to have a foundation. So you always yeah. start with you, and then you understand where your what are your feelings, what are your things like. That, first that's the thing the with movie. my feelings. Ask I'm, your guides. I'm the least empathetic. Empathetic. Empathetic empath. Yeah, well, that's I, also I, I your don't have, training. Yes, I I don't have if 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 you are not directly involved in my life mm-hmm. personally. Yeah, but you know, I was going to tell you that something about you that I'm picking up on. It's not because you're unfeeling or incompassionate or anything like that. It's some. It's a training. It's a survival mechanism. It's a wall. That's you, young, learning to deal with being an empath and probably other things as well. Yeah, 
I, I didn't have the best childhood. So. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is you're drawn to this. So, you, you right. know, Steve and I've learned along the way that people that are drawn to this have either had an experience, have gifts, have multiple things. There's multiple reasons mm-hmm. that if something like this interests you, you know, yeah. and you probably learn to deal with that. Um, things that hurt kids learn how to put up walls. They have protective barriers that they can yeah, put up you, and you it's a natural. You put yeah. it, you make a little box in your mind, you put it <laughs> yep. in the box, you shut the box. Yep. Yeah, That's I, not I, always the best thing to do. No, no it's not because I, I, I'm notorious for that. Um, yeah. Uh, the moment um, uh, an argument might come up, I jam mm-hmm. you out. It, mm-hmm. Complete well, silence. Well, yeah. Well, that's and, just, like I said, survival. Survival, right. yeah. And, you know, when my wife and I first got together, she was in a very tumultuous relationship. Like, it, it was it was bad. You know what I mean? And, you know, we'd have arguments when we were first dating and what have you. And she expected me to just come come back and i'm like no no you know why cutting it down you know why because you're one of those people that know if you let go you you ain't no coming back from it right you are you know you're not only your own survivor you know the same way you know i'm the nicest person in the world man you know you see this mama bear going crazy man i (laughs) raised boys by myself uphill both ways barefoot in the snow yeah you know i mean hard you know that's just one of the things but i'm the nicest person in the world but i you know and i just sit there and i listen to people you know if i you know around me at work come into the shop or whatever and i'm like and they wonder how do you do that it was like i completely shut off they have to call me like three times like what you know, we even stand here talking to you. And I'm like, man, I'm gone. Yeah. You know, I shut y'all. I, I do my, I actually said this yesterday. I do my absolute best to annoy, annoy <laughs> to ignore every some bitch up in this place mm-hmm. because I'm here to do a job. I'm doing my job. I'm focused on that. My mind is working on 10,000 different things at once and yeah. shutting yeah. y'all because I don't want energy vampires. You're sucking my energy. Exactly. You're coming in here. All you're doing is talking about everything it hurts, everything is bad, how horrible this guy is, how terrible this is. It's like it's like that scene out of uh, what do you call it? Uh, Goodfellas, where all the women in the kitchen just bitching with the turquoise eyeshadow with the big bouffant <laughs> hairdos in the polyester suits, and they're just yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. Awful. I don't want any part of that. No bitching and complaining about how awful your lives are. Are you kidding me? There are children in cancer wards. Shut up. Yeah. You know, flip your own life. You know, it's like, what do you mean you had a bad day? I get it. You know, it's like this happened, this happened, this happened. But, you know, enjoy a little bit of life. Enjoy the cardinal. Enjoy your, you know, one of the, I know it's it's terrible to say, I I laughed a little when everybody was getting locked down because I always find that the the happy part about it, of course, it's sad. And I prayed for them and I hoped for the best. But I'm like, some of these parents raising these little from snatchers that need you know a little bit of uh, love and guidance in their life now you go, you're locked down with them this is who you're raising <laughs> you know i had people i was working in a place um, a retail place at the time that sold uh, a craft supplies big major chain mm-hmm. so you can imagine people were coming in panicked second day you know coming in but my kids are home i don't know what to do with them I need coloring books and Legos and this and that. I said, how about reading them a story? Sit down, get to know them, cook cookies with a bake, you know, plant plants in the back, teach them something, go through a photo book and talk, tell them about their, you know, ancestors. Be with your children. Be with your children. 
you know, love your people. Again, this is what we said before. The elders who have all the wisdom, you know, think back in the day how they used to do it, right, Steve? Mm-hmm. Everybody was in the house helping each other. Everybody had a part. Everybody helped each other. And again, I think we're going to go back to that. But oh, that's just something that the connection of, of of the people that come back and visit and give messages to, to loved ones or, or, or you know, sometimes perfect strangers helping perfect strangers look at me and Stephen. you know that's not the only time we've done stuff like that right. you know and it's perfect strangers going so far the extra mile to help yeah. each other and then lose it in line because the guy is asking too many questions at the wendy's you know whether he wants cheese or not <laughs> yeah. you know if he's setting you off is he really the problem or is it you is it your self-control is it what's going on in you you know, and maybe I, I take a different to myself view. today. And because, like I said, I've been on this spiritual journey and my old self would be like, um, okay, we came up to a four-way stop. This guy didn't even really stop. And he, he just went right across. And I yes, special, I know. Special kind of traffic person. is the worst. That, yeah. That and, always and bothered me. Just. And, and I could be driving along, praying and praising and having a good time. And then somebody cut me off or do something stupid. Yeah. Just right. instant rage. And <laughs> what was it? Uh, oh, no, that that wasn't what triggered me. So I commented to my wife. I was like, you know, oh, that was a nice stop. And she's like, oh, yeah, Hollywood. Right. And I'm like, yeah, Hollywood stop or New York stop, whatever you want to call it. So we're going down the, the main drag or whatever. And I see this lady on the left side of me, okay? And she's wearing a red and black flannel shirt. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I said to my wife, and then she jaywalks or whatever. It, not that it's a crime anymore, but she's walking across. What said, is? <laughs> yeah. And I said, <laughs> I, can, I, I, I can really am so sick and tired of seeing red and black flannel representing everybody wears it around Christmas time. I said, whoever, whoever invented that fad and trend needs to be shot. And then I said, what's that? The Buffalo it's called Buffalo plaid. Okay. The red and and black. Yeah. yeah. And, and I said, wait a minute. I said, sorry, they don't need to be shot. They just need to find a a new trend to set. And and she just kind of looked at me like, Mm. You but you're trying to pull back and trying to look at things in a different way and that's cool and that's part of that journey but again i'm going to give you i'm going to give you a little kicker because i know you said you want to go off of your room and keeping you going for a while but the here's a little thing a little seed to think about um when you're uh opening your mind to all this stuff and everything else you're going to have to filter it you know like I said, mm. some things are going to be for you, whatever. If you're being drawn to tarot, go. And like I said, because sometimes it's little things that lead you to the next thing. Right. Always yeah. be willing to go to the next thing because it's training you to go to the next thing or what your your soul's ready to do at this time, whatever it was that came here to do. But also those little triggers, you start noticing who you have to be around every day, who you have to work with, or maybe it's you know a neighbor, maybe it's something else. These people... Uh, something I'm looking at recently are actually, if you believe in um, reincarnation and things like that, and that we're here to learn, 
-hmm. Some people are interjected into your life to test you, to push Mm -hmm. on those buttons. I believe that 100%. Yep. To get you to learn. And that's That's not a bad thing. Because if we really are in soul groups where we come back together to, to go, oh, this time, let me stab you, you know, right. so you can learn what it's like to be the victim and I'll be the asshole husband. How yep. about that? But I mean, I know that sounds silly, but think about it. Would you really, if, if, if an energy, whatever you want to call it, creator, source, you know, whatever you want to say, God, whatever, because again, we had to come from something. Mm-hmm. Think about it, you know, um, and I always told my kids, I said, look, and I put my hand, you know, over my eyes to shield my eyes, the way my elbow bent. I said, that's not evolution, honey. That's the, that's divine compassion. Because right. if you think about all the people, you know, sleeping outside, we weren't always like this in these great little houses and things, mm-hmm. you know, with different things that change in your, your body and how we are, you know, there's, there's just so many things that have that divine spark, you know, uh, and I've seen it. And I've seen miracles and I've seen, um, I've seen tragedies. I've seen right. both, but it, you opening your eyes, make you look at things different. Like we're looking at colors different. Like Steve had me look at my haunted house and my dad different. Like I've had, you know, we also looked at the, the kid in the, the, the car different. Each time we talk about it, we look at it through different vantage points, different ideas. But if that person is set there, um to test you to push on your buttons so you can work through your heavy earthly things that are going to hold you back and keep you from elevating to a higher frequency how'd you do with the test mm-hmm. you know did that boss set you off did that i mean i've actually put that into my life over the past couple of years and i changed how like you did how i reacted so different so different and you can't always do that. You can't always be this aware of, no, you, can't. you know, the way people tell you to do it. But if you think about it and put it into your life, like recognizing the angel numbers, like, you know, like recognizing that ghost knocking on, you know, moving the cabinets or doing whatever, the more you connect into it, the more it's going to respond. But again, that works both ways, good and bad. The more you right. recognize and respond to this, the more energy it's going to get. So you have to know what you're dealing with. And I think that's way it is that way in life too. Absolutely. So we're going to end it there. With, there you go. Uh, <laughs> so uh, sure. Steve, let everybody again know where they can get a hold of you and, and, and your books and, and your, your podcast, your YouTube, They're wonderful your musings. Yeah, the, the books are on Amazon, of course, uh, and wherever fine books are sold. My publisher likes me to say that. Uh, they're in Kindle and uh, paperback <laughs> editions. Strange Things in the Woods, uh, stories I've collected. My Strange World, which is my own personal experiences. And in the book, Cisco and I did together. We're all children in the wilderness of the afterlife, a guided tour through a haunted life. And then Five uh, stars, baby. <laughs> and then National Park Mysteries and Disappearances, Volume 1, 2, and number three is the one that just came out. Outstanding and books also too. Find me on Facebook, Steve Stockton, uh, eighty-one. That's also my email address at Gmail. On Twitter at Strange and Odd. Uh, main YouTube channel, Missing Persons and Mysteries. Uh, cover like it says, Missing Persons. That's always the primary focus. But on the mysteries side of that name, we cover a lot of different things. Fantastic. On that. And then I've got my mm-hmm. personal channel, Thirteen Past Midnight. Just go in there and blow off steam, let my hair down, have fun. Uh, been doing ghost stories at midnight for tonight will be episode 310 in a row. 
I'm going to see how many I can get, how many I can rack up. Um, so, and then tomorrow night, I'm starting the 12 days of Christmas, 12 nights of Krampus over there. So nice. that's there you go. good stuff. And, that's and nice. th- this episode was supposed to be about Krampus, but <laughs> we covered we, a little bit of Krampus. We, we did. We but, about uh, but however, that's where you got here. <laughs> however, it, th- this episode was not meant to be about that. It was meant to be about everything. Well, I else even we... wondered when you contacted me and you said you wanted me to come on and talk about Krampus. I'm like, I don't really know that much, but that's the same I thing just, I, said. I felt like I needed you to go on you here. Did. So here you well, go. I said, you're Krampus, man. You know, we, uh, it's, you well, I, I knew you enough. I knew the basics, and we talked about, you know, the burlap sack yeah. and the right. and stuff and all <laughs> stuff like that. But I just, I even thought about telling you, I don't know anything about Krampus, but I thought, no, I, I need to go on here. I want to go on here. I'll, you know, and I just, I looked up my phone, like before we went on the air and like kind of reminded myself of what I know about Krampus, which <laughs> not that much, you know, but yeah. it, it worked out good. We've had a great show, a great discussion and look forward to coming uh, back on again sometime. If you'll Absolutely. have Absolutely. You guys are both welcome anytime. Well, you're welcome on ours too. We're going to get you on one night. We'll okay. come on and, uh, Monday Madness. Yeah, I forgot to mention Monday Madness with Cisco. Me. Uh, <laughs> five, five or eight o'clock Eastern time every Monday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every Monday on Journey to the Gate Paranormal Portal Podcast. And uh, that's on YouTube. It's on YouTube Live. And then Sunday nights, 8 p.m. and Monday nights, 8 p.m. We're going to get some more, but I actually work for a living too. So, you know, yeah, I like here. to, I'm trying to focus on quality. You know what I mean? Rather than, you know, pop out, pop out, you know, because it's really hard to, when I tell you I read your book, I read your book. I'm not going to lie. You know what I mean? Or um, I, I like to try investigate my guests a little bit because, you know, like I said, we're talking about heavy conspiracies sometimes too, or this Laurel Canyon we just dug in and all that other stuff. So, you know, gosh, you want to come back with... and talk about that, man. Woo. <laughs> I mean, that's some stuff and Helter Skelter, I think, and the four on the floor and, and some other. Uh, and the monkeys, and there went Mike Nesmus. <laughs> sorry, Mike. I'm sorry, Mike, man. We did nothing <laughs> but respect you, dude. I mean, I can't believe we focused on him so much and I couldn't. Because we did. I, I got thinking about that afterwards. We talked His name about a lot of different up, people, dude. but then we talked a lot about the monkeys and a lot specifically mm-hmm. about him. Because you were saying it. his mom invented paper clips, and I'm like, no, 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 it was <laughs> so staples or something. And then remember, it was white out or liquid paper, and then mm. white out. I think. Is what yeah, it but was. see, that's just the thing. It's all energy too. I don't we, know if we picked up. We glided him out happened. accidentally. Like, whoops! Oh, jeez, man. <laughs> Sorry, we got to be so careful. You might yeah. not want to come on the show, man. We don't. We can't promise anything. <laughs> no, no, anything no. Anything can happen. <laughs> well, we already but experienced anyway, the glitch before we started re-recording uh you know all of a sudden yeah. both of y'all shut my internet down so okay. we're sorry. we've done that before we've done it before and, and i wouldn't swear you're not going to get a knock on your door tonight too because you have to come back on we'll talk about black eyed kids black eyed kids witnesses or black eyed kids because i've had both so well here, 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 here's the funny thing in the last uh 45 minutes now it, it, it has stopped but uh i have a, a light right in front of me Okay, it was the only one, but it kept on flickering like the power is about to go off. But the one off to my left and the one behind me didn't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. You I'm know, like, like you said, we, 
we're haunted, you know, we bring it with us, but, you know, sometimes they just want attention, so just put it out there, you know, and, uh, Absolutely. you know, and just try to put love out there like you this. get love back. I do have to tell you one thing. Uh, Davy Jones did retire and passed away about 20 miles away from where I live. Wow. We had nothing to do with it, dude. Yeah, no, no, no. This was years ago. <laughs> he, he used to go up to, to yeah. He used to go up to, to the to the local uh, beer distributor and get Guinness for his, his female oh, horse and, and what have you when she was in heat or whatever the, the case may be. But yeah, Davy, he, he, little town called Beaver Town, Pennsylvania. Wow. Where, so where we didn't have anything to do with Peter Tork either. He died in 2019. So, <laughs> yeah, Davy Davy passed away a uh, long time ago. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people. So, you know, there's a Mickey lot. Mickey Dolan's look out, I guess, just in case. Just in, we're just in that thing. We're losing a lot of a lot of greats, you know, from from our childhood. That's for sure. And, you know, uh, who else do we talk about a lot? David Crosby. He better be careful too. Mm. <laughs> David we, Crosby. We delved into his whole old family old. Illuminati bloodline history. There. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You guys definitely have to come back on for some conspiracies. <laughs> I'm telling you because my heart is in conspiracies. And, well, just uh, next time we'll talk about Krampus. Talk about that kind of stuff. But yeah. Um, <laughs> David yeah, we'll Van talk about Krampus and not talk about Krampus. We'll, we'll, we'll just get into the fucking Rothschilds. David Van Cortland yep. Crosby of the, the mm -hmm. Illuminati bloodline Van Cortland family, Van Cortland Park in New York. It also ties into the Son of Sam murders. We mm. got, oh, it's a like one of those yeah. octopus things like Danny Casalero was talking about, you know, that had a thousand tentacles, you know, it's just mm -hmm. stuff's mm -hmm. everywhere and deep and all that ties mm -hmm. back into the military industrial complex and mm -hmm. uh JFK. government shadiness jfk mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. we, we covered a lot of ground with this rock and roll conspiracy stuff yeah nice. and we're doing we're going to finish it up on sunday and you know talking and, about what the led zeppelin curse and the tavistock institute and oh um, fuck trying to, <laughs> trying to remember what else i love it in there. Mm -hmm. oh the, the led zeppelin curse which ties in with the Jimmy Page's Aleister Crowley fascination. Alice, Alice Crowley. Other people that picked up on Crowley, um, Paul oh, McCartney shit. was yeah. mm -hmm. really into to Crowley at one time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we we go down a lot of rabbit holes, but mm -hmm. I think you'd like our show, and I look forward to coming back and talking conspiracy sometime. Oh Absolutely. hell yeah! You love going down rabbit holes with me, and Steve. We bring care. <laughs> oh, you give me yep. a rabbit, I'm gonna follow it down a fucking hole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It's All right, guys. So that that was it's the been interview. It's a pleasure, man. Yes, yeah, thank you for coming it. on. Meeting you. Yes, uh, like I said, we've been friends for for a couple of years Four on hours. Facebook, and here we <laughs> yeah. are, a couple, yep. uh, three people coming together and and sharing our energy and mm -hmm. just right on. wow, connecting on maybe we on can levels pass off that some of the stuff too. Just open up, like I said, don't go at it big because when you go no. at it, it's almost like when you try to think of something. You know, and you lose that thought, it gets elusive like a, a, a fish in dark water. Yep. You think you see it, and it goes away. Yep. So it's the same way with this stuff. It's going to come when you least expect it back and forth. But again, when you saw the colors, yeah. what yeah. I was hearing was you have to step back from the colors and try to describe it. Yeah. And that way you're going to get to know. Your thing might be that they show you colors. Like some people get messages and they'll see like a dozen mm -hmm. red roses. And that means, you know, I love you or it's an anniversary, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever you're going to learn your own stuff. Like, you know, Steve and I are still learning. We've been doing We, we find coins. Years. Not everybody does that, but I hear <laughs> other people that do. I find dimes. 
all over the place. I don't even keep always change in the house thing. and I'll find a dime out on the front porch or yeah. in the kitchen on the linoleum. But I, I know I haven't had any dimes in here. So Les mm-hmm. Mulder started carrying change. I, <laughs> I try to think of who was, you know, was there somebody that, you know, but again, it's like the angel numbers. Once you start realizing it and recognizing it, they're going to, they're going to, Sometimes you know, this just more. gets your attention. Like, here's a yeah. dime. Hey, I uh, think uh, something's going to happen later today. Just want you to be aware. You know, that type right. of thing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have anything to do with the dime or where I found it or anything, but just, okay, that's that's something trying to get my attention. Okay, you got my attention. Now what? <laughs> yep. Perfect. Well, it's your, it's your dime. Start friend. talking. <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll talk Steve, a little bit off the air. Love you too, Cisco. Thanks again. Thanks we'll for talk- having me on, hon. Oh, so Absolutely. Yep. Thanks so for the glad. surprise. Here. This is awesome. I didn't expect no, you're welcome. this. So. Uh, Merry Krampus. Can't return it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. So we'll we'll talk a little bit off the air for a second. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for coming on and giving me the honor to to sit here and interview you guys because I, I've I've looked up to you guys on uh, hearing you on different podcasts like into the fray and 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 other hey, Shannon. and yeah. man uh, it's just, fun it's so uh, much fun you never know where it's gonna go and you know no. it, it's just a guide that people hear what they want to hear and I, i'm of the belief that we put stuff out in the universe we don't know the timing uh for somebody else but it's as simple as you know when i find a ten dollar bill and I, it's happened in my life somebody had to lose that ten yeah for me to find it and, yep. you know, that person was disappointed. You know, of course, you go through the thing. You, you, how do you return something? That, you know, unless you see it happen. I'm going to walk you know. in a place and say, who, hey, who lost a $100 bill out here on the sidewalk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> Every hand in there. Oh, it's the greatest yeah. response. Yeah. But, yeah, that's just a simple thing. You know, I found 10, but somebody had to lose 10. So, you know, when you start looking at things like that, and that universe, that kind of thing, um, you know, I've lost precious things to me and I go crazy trying to find it. And I stop myself and I go, you know, maybe somebody needed, somebody that needed something. it. Yep. You know, and, and you if you find money, then you can't feel bad when you, when you lose yeah. a 10, right. mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's all it's cosmic. Yeah. Absolutely. It really is. It really is. But it's been a pleasure, guys. We could go on yeah. for hours. So yeah, I know. You, you got to cut when you can. Sort of, I got to eat something and <laughs> get Mulder fed. And uh be time for me to get ready for my my show's at midnight Eastern, so 9 o'clock out here. So, yeah. Yep, we'll set uh, up a show. You can come on with us on a Monday. We could talk more, pick a, pick a subject if you're interested in and, and just hit us up. And we usually can roll on, on you know. You know, Absolutely. we usually do better than the Krampus. I really thought, you know, I mean, no, Steve, <laughs> with the lore and stuff, I knew what you'd say is, tell me about Krampus. He'd tell you about Krampus, and before you knew it, it'd be two hours later, and you'd be, you know, talking yeah, about. I, I was all over the different. road, even within the first few wonderful. minutes. Thing, yeah, I was so already. Th- this episode was like Krampus, not Krampus. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and I love it because we 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 all were meant to be in this spot at this time talking about everything that yeah. we've talked about for the last holy shit, this is the longest fucking episode i've ever <laughs> and it just flowed you know what i mean but like understand just... too that you're also putting it out there in the universe you're giving mm-hmm. the universe something to work with so that person yes. who needed to hear the one sentence two sentences that yes. might have been in here somewhere 
would be yeah. led to that so they there's, could hear, so they could get over. some good info, some good advice in here. Whatever. And we Absolutely. try to give not only to you, but to whoever listens yeah. to this. I mean, technically, you know, there could be someone out there forever. Just so like I me. might listen to this three years from now and say, that's just what I needed to hear. I wondered about that. Yep. Uh, yep. And that's a beautiful the, thing about podcasts. Yeah. You know, cool. you might hear me today, tomorrow, or you might, like you said, hear me three years from now and, oh, shit. <laughs> that changed my life yeah you know what I mean? that, that's what i needed to hear and then they've got three years worth of content they can binge <laughs> yeah there you absolutely. go absolutely <laughs> all right guys so good night and uh like uh like i always say be safe and uh, carry that battle axe and try open your third eye time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.